Hey, earlier today, you know, we was on uh on Instagram in 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 uh in the little group chat with Fred and B. And, and uh, Black, I'm going to kind of fill you in on what All we right. were talking about. All you right. know what I'm saying? So, shout out to a B. Well, well, shout well, out to B. in this group, man? It was on, yeah, yeah, on, on, on the group, Instagram. <laughs> and uh, let me go to it, you know, <laughs> exactly. So, listen, right? And this is the sports desk, by the way, but, you know, we're talking here. Um, so early this morning at about 10, 17 a.m., the coolest nobody, you know, sent the Bleach Report a uh, little ad saying who would win the 1996 Bulls or the 2017 Warriors. Now, I'm going to skip all the way down to this one key part. <laughs> this one key part. That uh, Brian, Brian James, the coolest nobody said, my man literally uttered these words during our conversation. I don't think the Bulls were as good as you think they are. That nigga tripping, dog. <laughs> yeah, y'all, so, man. Damn it, yeah, yeah, bro. So, so listen, 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 listen. So he all over the place. You know, he defended why the Warriors... It's a valid conversation, sure. It is. But it's he's valid. but he's defending the Warriors on why they would beat the Bulls. Now it took him at least ten to twelve messages to finally say he's rolling with the Warriors. Okay. Me and Fred jump off the porch saying, "Boy, Bulls, Bulls six, six. Bulls, Bulls six. five, Bulls and, and six, and, and, bro." And just out of respect for talent, I said, "You know, seven, just the talent, just for KD, nah, bro, just for no, I'm just saying, nah, six, nah, I, I'm six, I'm, bro, I know what." My eyes seen was seven foot Cameron Durant, Cameron Durant on the floor. So I gave the boys a seven games out of respect, but of course went with the Bulls. And Brian was saying some wild stuff here. Uh, let's go through a couple of the tweets. So if you wonder who Brian is for all of our sports desk listeners, head over to the Reduce Slunt section and click on the latest episode. Are you a grower or a shower? And you were here, the coolest nobody. You can add him on all your platforms. He was saying, ain't no way I'm taking uh, the, uh, I'm not taking the Bulls team. I'm taking the Warriors. They would have got shot at the gym. Uh, Al, he would have took Allen Iverson. He talking about Allen Iverson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric Snow and Aaron McKee and 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 all these bums, bro. <laughs> Talking about his homeboy AI would your homeboy AI wouldn't have did nothing against Mike and the Bulls, so he need to chill. So uh, we have fun. We have fun covering uh, the 2017 Bulls. I mean, 2017 Warriors versus the 1996 Bulls. So real quick, round the building. You know, Bleach Report put this article out, and Reduce Lunch also posted it on the Instagram page. So let's go real quick. Bulls Warriors 1996 Bulls. 2017 Warriors, who wins the series and how many games, uh, Black? Uh, Bulls and six. Fred, like 19. Bulls and six. Bulls and six. I'm going to go Bulls and seven. You want to know my reason why? Sure, go ahead. I think the reason why the Bulls will win this in six because their bench was way more superior than the Warriors' bench. That's what Joe said. Well, what's that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I heard you. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Um, I, I think they would win because, and, and now I understand what these old niggas talking about, about toughness and all that. Look, I get it. I watched the last dance. You <laughs> niggas is right. And we'll talk. We'll get into it. We but, definitely um, are. We definitely are. I just think are. that team would be too tough for them. 
Yeah. You know I'm, what I'm saying? Like I, mean, I, 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 I'll admit, I've never seen a team that that's a tough team that '90s team. But and, and, and to clear it up, we're talking about the '96 Bulls, not yeah. the Last Dance Bulls. '96, the '96. We know a couple 10. teams about yeah. that '90s. They, yeah. they just made it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we talking the boys come with '72 wins. Facts. You know yeah, that '96 team. Fact. That's what we talking about. <laughs> yeah, Don't be going back to go get this, the two peat Bulls. Yeah. Do Beat the Suns, yeah. nah, we ain't talking yeah. about them. We're so we'll ask on that later. So I'll be talking yeah, about we will, we yeah. will. So yeah, yeah. so that was yeah. just a little conversation we was having on the the Instagram. And shout out to B Man for kind of sparking me and Fred <laughs> looking at him like he yeah, was straight. Man, y'all crazy make sure y'all add me in that group. Uh, you in that group te- chat right there, man. I need to be in that. Back down the bike. I didn't. I made it a point. I said, just tire him out. Tire the f out of him. You just gotta tire him out. And I kept hitting him and banging him and hitting him and banging him. It took a toll on Mike. It took a toll. And then <laughs> resting him a little bit. And then the, the, the series changed. And I wish I could have did it earlier. I don't know if the outcome would have been different, but it, it, it was a difference. <laughs> and beat me down that nigga Mike. So disrespectful. I had no problem with the glove. <laughs> I had no problem with Gary Payton. <laughs> His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom, who was on crack. <laughs> Listen, dog. You gotta imagine how Gary Payton was out here in the world feeling when he saw that video. Yeah. You you gotta you. I know he felt some type of way about that laugh, he, bro. He had no, no. Mike <laughs> literally laughed the former defensive player of the year out of the building, bro. Uh, all right, man. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Sports Desk. New Sports Desk. You're listening to the Sports Show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is episode 58, man. I'm your man. One more time. Desiree L. Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists in the building. And it's your man, Black. We back for another episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And as you already heard his voice, we got the one, the yes, only, yes, yes. Freddie Briggs. Yes. Fred, what's good? In the building, man. Ready to talk about Mike. Yes, sir. Michael yes, Jordan. Sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, man. So we full table, full plate today, man. Nothing but last dance. All last dance. We're going to break it all down. Of course, episodes 9 and 10. We're going to give overall thoughts on the entire documentary, what we learned um, versus how we feel now. You know, everyone around our age group and under was anticipating this because we are speaking another language when we talk GOAT. And we already know uh, who that is, don't we, Black? Uh, yes, sir, LeBron we do. LeBron James. <laughs> Le- LeBron James. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're we're gonna we're gonna continue that conversation uh, here today. And um, other than that, man, you know we're gonna have a lot of fun today. So we hope everyone's out there doing well, man. And we're gonna go ahead and get the show kicked off right now. So, Black, man. Start bench your cup, man. How you been liking the segment, man? Man, I love it, man. I good, love it. Put, good, you, good. put your boy under a little pressure, but it's cool, man. Yeah, yeah, I always yeah. come through in it, man. Yeah, this one right here might be a little. I took it easy on you this week. I took it easy on you this week, but it is an interesting start bench your cut. You know, I thought it was, and maybe you have to do a little bit of thinking, at least on two of the three. I know one you're gonna run out of that mouth, but before we get going, man, let's do what we do. Let's do it.
let's get to it, man. This week, this week for the start, bench or cuts. Black, are you ready? Yeah, man, I'm ready to go. Man. All right, number one shooting guard from the Washington Wizards, Bradley Beal. Number two shooting guard from the Phoenix Suns, Devin Booker. And number three shooting guard from the Utah Jazz, Donovan Mitchell. Black, talk to me. I need to know three things, Black. Who you starting? Who you benching? And more importantly, Black, who you uh, who you cutting, man? Ah, oh, this is an easy one, bro. Oh, okay, okay. I'm uh, I'm starting Devin Booker. I'm benching Bradley Beal. Mm. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, he's out of here. Oh my God, why do you say that, Black? He's out of here, bro. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, bro, he, I don't even think he in the same. Area code is them boys, man. Okay. Nah, I can't put him on a level with a Bradley Beal and uh Devin Booker, man. I'm sorry, okay. I just can't. He good. He's a he's a good player. You sure about that? He's a good player. You sure? But I just nah, I ain't rolling with. Uh, I ain't like, rolling with uh. Yeah. What's his name? Donovan Mitchell. Oh my god, I can't do it. It sound like you referencing that boy as Dash. That's what it sound like you're doing there, sir. All right, so I'm going to give mine, man. I'm going to start Bradley Beal. I'm going to start Bradley Beal. I'm going to bench Devin Booker, and I'm also going to release uh, Donovan Mitchell oh, okay. as well. I don't, I don't, I don't think Donovan Mitchell is as bad as Black is indicating, but I am going to allow Donovan Mitchell to seek other opportunities. So, Fred, talk to me. Who you got, man? Um, I'm going to start Bradley Beal. I'm gonna start Bradley Bill. Okay. I'm gonna bench Donovan Mitchell. Okay. And I'm gonna let Booker go because I think he's a loser. I think he's. Oh, I think he can score, but he's a. He's a career loser. Sheesh. Um, I don't know. I don't know what Kobe's win record would have been without the early start from Shaq, but I don't think he would have been a loser. I just don't think he would have been a nigga out there scoring a bunch of points, losing games. So I, you believe Donovan I think Booker Donovan is, a is a loser. I don't think he plays winning basketball. He's a great player. Now, now if you let the base question of singular, which one I take, that of course Donovan Booker would be in that rotation. But I'm thinking about building a team, you know. Uh, okay. Donovan Mitchell, you know, man, he didn't got that playoff experience. You know, okay. he got yeah, that, he has, he has, he you has. Know, after watching this documentary, so much, so much has changed for me. You know what I'm saying? All I right, well, welcome back, uh, Freddie Bricks. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, so let's transition into our sound of the week. So Black, you know, it gets harder every single week to try to find these clips. And I ran across an, a very, very funny clip. So you're going to have to listen closely. I'm going to paint the picture. So this is at the Carolina Panthers training camp last season. Steve Smith is visiting the team and he's walking around and he needs some answers. Who should he start uh, on his fantasy team, Black? And uh, just play close attention how Steve Smith gives it up to one of these receivers. Come here real quick. So I got him on my bench. DJ Moore. Okay. Should I? He ain't, I ain't benching DeAndre Hopkins. Should I let John Brown? Hey, he right there. That's kind of disrespectful. Like John Brown being an asset, he got a lot of right choice selections. I'm giving you inside the trade, so don't report me. You know. No, I'm just saying. So. So should I take him off the bench? Because currently he on the bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to start. What well, if I just flex? What well, I put him at flex? I don't understand that. That just, just mean an extra guy. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Put him at flex? Because he's not a real wide receiver yet. Mm. He's oh. just kind of developing. Oh. I don't want to say all that now. No, I'm just talking about for fantasy. Should I start you or John Brown? It's a legit question. Is it not? It's legit. It's legit. You want to play? 
Start me. Start you? You give me two points, I'm slap shit out you. <laughs> <laughs> so that was Steve Smith. He was talking to Cam Newton, getting advice uh, on who he should start on his fantasy, either John Brown or the rookie wide receiver, uh, DJ Moore for the Panthers. DJ Moore was standing right there yeah. as he was <laughs> as he was talking to Cam Newton. So it was very, very, very funny uh, to see that video. I, I'm going to post it on our, uh, our Instagram page. It's funnier when you see it than probably when you heard it, man. But I just couldn't stop laughing. Because I'm like, man, he dissing, dog, and he's standing right there, bro. <laughs> But all right, man, so we're going to transition into our top five. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk. All right, so last week, man, we did get some participation from the guys. Our guys, uh, Smooth and Said, gave us their top five, their top five starters. If they had to roll out five players to win a basketball game all time, this is who they said. So from our guy, Smooth, he said at the point guard position, he's going Irvin Magic Johnson. Now, Smooth, I'm going to call you out because all I hear about is John Stockton. John Stockton this, John Stockton that. You texted me during the last dance last night, John Stockton emojis when he hit the little flicker to send the jazz (laughs) to the NBA Finals. So, Smooth, just putting you out there. At guard, number two, he's going Michael Jeffrey Jordan. It hurt my heart that he put Jordan at the two guard, but I understand. At three, he went Kevin Durant. He went Kevin Durant at the small forward position. At power forward, yeah, we'll get to that. At power forward, he went Timothy Duncan, the big fundamental. And at center, he went Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. A formidable five that he's putting out on the floor. But let, look here, bro. I don't know what your problem is with <laughs> LeBron James not being your starting small forward. And whatever reason it is, I would sure like to hear it next week when you're live in the building on the sports desk. So, Smooth, you got some explaining to do, sir. All right, so we also got our other man, Cedric Farr. Tyrone Koppel gave us his top five. Our point guard, interesting pick. He went Penny Hardaway. I like it. He went Penny Hardaway at point guard. At the two guard, it broke my heart again that I seen this. He went Michael Jordan at the two guard. Okay. At the three, of course he went who? Kevin Durant. He went Kevin Durant at three. At the four, Tim Duncan. And at the five, he went Shaq. He was the most dominant player ever at the five. So, again, Kevin Durant at the three spot. So, again, next week, Cedric Farr. conversations, Cedric Farr, we're going to be having you call in But I got to remember, these these two big, big LeBron haters, bro. So, it's not really surprising. It's It's, not surprising. It's not. But I just want to hear why. We we already know why, D. We already know why. We're not talking about solo. We're not talking about solo players. We're talking about a team. You don't want him on your team. That's what I got a problem with. I ain't okay. talking about who you who you who your guy is. Okay. Because neither one of they guys in their top five, Kobe Bean Bryant, he ain't on their top five to walk out on the floor. You see what I'm saying? I just learned a lot from both them boys. Yeah. And we're gonna, we gonna talk to him. We're gonna talk to him next week. Wow. Because I know I, I know Kobe Bean Bryant was in mine. Oh, he was in mine too. Okay, so oh, okay. at the two, right? Yeah, at the two. Okay, so yeah. that's all we're talking about. So yeah, say yeah, said and smooth our guys. You know what I'm saying? We're gonna be talking to y'all uh very, very soon. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? All right, so we're going to go into our top five this week, and we're going to go with our, um, uh, going to switch it up. We're going to get off of basketball. We're going to go back to college football, okay? So we're going to do our top five college defensive football players.
All right, man. So this week, like I just stated, man, we're going to do our top five college defensive football players of all time. I don't care what they did in the pros. Doesn't matter. We're talking about why they were at their alma maters. What did they do? So, Black, talk to me, baby. Give me your top five, your favorite defensive players from college football all time. Go ahead, All right, Black. all right, man. This was kind of tough, man, but uh, I came through with it, man. That number okay. five I got. Jadavion Clowney, South Carolina. Oh, okay. At number, at, at number four, I got Ed Reed, Miami Hurricanes. Mm. At number three, I got Charles Woods, Charles Woodson, mm. Michigan University. At number two, I got Deion Sanders, FSU. Mm. At number one, I have Sean Taylor, Miami Hurricanes. Okay, respect, respect, respect. Fred, Freddie Bricks, are you ready to roll, sir? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Now, these are going to be in no particular order. Okay, so, just give us you your know, five. Forgive me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we'll start off with Jalen Ramsey. I, I got to enjoy watching Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah. I, um, you know, my daughter was born. I've seen them terrorizing us. Thank God that <laughs> era is over with. Channing Crowder. I'm going to go with Channing Crowder. I feel like Channing Crowder was the first. Really good linebacker we had in a while. Okay. And then you had Brandon Spikes after that. We just yep. had a bunch of good linebackers okay. come after that. But Channing Crowder set off to like, it's okay for middle linebackers to come to Florida swag. Okay. Reggie Nelson. Mm-hmm. My probably my favorite defensive player mm-hmm. of all time in college. Not a shocker. Though. I love this guy. <laughs> I know. I, I love know. this guy, man. And yes, it's gonna be full of Gators on here. Sorry, sure. guys. Uh next we have Javon Curse. You know what I'm saying? This oh, is my wow. favorite. They're probably my favorite player growing up, period. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay. it, it, you know, as a youngin' coming up, that was sure, my favorite player. Sure. And uh, last but definitely not least, I'm going to go with Joe Hayden. Um, okay. Joe Hayden brought a lot of swag to Florida. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he was our, you know, value brand version of, like, Deion Sanders. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe not as skilled as Deion, but he, he gave us some swag. You know okay. what I'm saying? Probably the most swaggiest corner we've ever had. He had a lot of swag, for yeah, sure. Maybe. Okay. So that's that's what I'm going to do with my five. All right, that's cool. That's cool. All right. For me, at number five, I enjoyed this kid a lot. I'm going to go to Honey Badger. Oh, All right, I'm going to go to Tyron Matthew. Uh, that one year at LSU, man, he was fantastic, yeah. man. Yes, he Just was. brought a lot of life to college football that year. Yeah. All right, at number four, I'm a fan of terrorizers. And Dominican Sue, uh, when he was in Nebraska, yeah. 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 he That's was a, a problem yes, every snap while he was a corn yes, husker. At number three, I love more dominance, Darnell Dockett. All right, oh, out of yeah. Florida State <laughs> University. Ooh, I forgot Mr. about that. Mr. Dockett ah. was a terror on that line, all right? At number two, more dominance, Sean Taylor. Got to rest his soul. Yeah, he was ahead of his time, and yeah. he was really about that life yeah. on the field for the Hurricanes. And at number one, Ed Reed. I love Ed Reed. Ed Reed was special at Miami, man. Like, he always made the play, and that's rare for a defensive guy. Like, you had Kenny Dorsey, Andre Johnson, you had uh, Shockey, but every time the Canes needed to play when they was in trouble, Ed Reed made the play. Yes, he did. And Miami was yeah. able to win the game, man. Yeah. So, great five from everybody. We named some legends, man. Uh, Fred with the Channing Crowder one is hilarious uh, to me, <laughs> but me, I know let why. Let me tell the listeners something. Now, I want y'all to know something about me and D. We hate Miami to the core. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but we both have two Hurricanes on there. So, yeah. that showed that we show respect and we know yeah, greatness when we see it. But yeah. We hated these guys, but we Facts. respect the talent of what they brought to the football field. Yeah, we'd be a bunch of lames if we didn't uh, give them boys respect, man. So, 
most definitely shout out to those players only from the Hurricanes. <laughs> I'm not going to say shout out Miami. I'm just yeah. saying shout out <laughs> to those guys. We're back. I am back. What it do, baby? All right, man. So we're going to get into our tweet of the week, man. So this is this is. I'm going to be putting a lot of ingredients into the pot this week, Black. And, and, and if anyone knows what that means, that's right. I'm going to be stirring the pot all through this episode because we have something special that is coming your way next week. A special type of show from the sports desk when we're going to be talking nothing but goat. And I like goat. Put a little carrots in it, a little celery in it, a little potatoes in it, man. But, uh... Let's get to the business. So this is from Uncle Shay Shay Man from FS1 uh, at Undisputed. So here we go. From CBS Sports TV, hit Shannon Sharp. LeBron James is 3-6 in the finals. Ain't no GOAT. MJ the GOAT. Face Hall of Famers Magic Johnson, Clyde the Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, Gary the Glove Payton, John Stockton, the mailman Carmelo. Need I say more? Shannon Sharp replies back. Man, bro, chill out. Duncan, Duncan, KD, Steph, Kawhi, Russ, Nowitzki, Harden. Should I keep going? LeBron James is in final. LeBron James's finals competition. What he's faced is way tougher than what Michael Jordan faced. In LeBron's last three finals losses, he averaged 34, 11, and nine, and he shot 51% from the field. My man's. What more could the man have done? Shout out DJ Khaled, call us sometime, man. You can get all the best albums, all of them, on uh, iTunes, Tidal, anywhere where you can basically get music. All right, man. So, yeah. So, I just put a little ingredients in the pot, man. Just a little bit of ingredients in the pot, man. We're going to continue to do that during this show, Black. Yeah. All right, man. So, let's get with it, man. We've had a lot of, lot of great, great moments here on the sports desk. And they're all due to, of course, the Last Dance documentary, man. We've been so fortunate to be able to get this great piece of history, man. But we're getting ready to close it out uh, here today. But before we do that, man, let's go ahead and set the tone. You guys not allowed. Nah, I'm just kidding. What time is it? I'm entirely was to go out and win at any cost. Jordan is the most talented player in the NBA by far. The show of the 90s, the team of the 90s. Whenever they speak Michael Jordan, they should speak Scottie Pippen. We created an image that people want to live up to. I think that's all you can hope for. All right, man. So let's get with it, man. Uh, episodes 9 and 10 uh, from The Last Dance debuted this past Sunday uh, on ESPN. And, of course, that wraps up the documentary, man. But we're going to go ahead and take care of 9 and 10. And we're going to talk about a lot more after that. So let's jump right into it, man. We got a lot on the plate today. Let's go right into where they pretty much opened up at, man. They took us to uh, Game 7. Excuse me. They took us to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, with a very good Indiana Pacers team led by the Hall of Famer, the great uh, Reggie Miller. And me and Black was fiending for this information back on Episode 7 and 8, and they cut us short at the end of 8. So we've been having to wait for this. So let's jump right into it. Black, I want to ask you, what would you feel watching the information that we got 
uh, when it's regards to um, that series with the Pacers. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, they gave out some great information in that series. And mm-hmm. then, uh, like you said, when we talked the other day, uh, Indiana by far was the best team on paper. They had the uh-huh. size. You know, they yep. had the... Uh, they had everything they needed. They had Reggie Miller, Jalen Rose, uh, silent Jalen Rose. Yep. Uh, I forgot uh, my the the point guard, backup point guard, best was Travis on that. Best. Travis Best was on yep. that team. Jackson, uh, he's a pretty good, decent yeah. point guard, Jackson, backup point Rose. Mark Jackson. Yeah, you know Rick those Smith, guys. They Mullins. they had a team, and then they had the the, the great one. Uh, Mr. Larry Bird is the head coach. Absolutely, in his, in his first year and. That's one thing that stuck. He took the Pacers to the Eastern Conference Finals in his first year that's wild. being the head coach. Against Mike. That's, that's crazy to me. Yeah. That's one thing that stuck out. Yeah. But, man, this series, man, just, just seeing everything overall of the series uh-huh. was intense from game one yep. all the way to game seven. Yep. And, um, and the way Mike talked, like, he, he kind of, in a way, he kind of talked the Pacers down a little bit. He's his going press in. conferences going, uh, in. going into it. Yep. And, and and then we all see what, what end up happening. They end up splitting the rest of the way into game seven. But mm-hmm. um I just wanna I wanna dive right into game seven. And um I had talked to D about this. I was like, man, the Pacers, I feel like the Pacers gave up in this game, but D was like, nah, bro, Jay, they just didn't have that DNA mentality of a championship team. Mm-mm. And I was like, man, they did everything they needed to do. And it's crazy how in basketball, we always see it and we always we can always say what we think is going wrong, what happened. But the thing that went wrong for the Indiana Pacers was a tip ball that didn't go their way. Yep, momentum. And that tip ball changed. Reggie Miller said that tip ball changed everything for them. Shifted the energy. Shift, shifted the whole energy. And I think the yep. I think the uh, the Bulls were like on a 9-0 run after that yep. tip ball. Went and, berserk. Uh, Steve Kerr set it off with a three-point and the tip ball went straight to him and pow. Bang! You know? So it was crazy, man. That was one of my favorite segments mm-hmm. uh, out of all the episodes because I really wanted to see what was going to happen. And then the whole thing with Reggie Miller and Jordan, I just love it. You mm-hmm. know, we always hear about Jordan and the Pistons or Jordan, how he don't like Isaiah, but I really feel in my heart that Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan that was uh, the real deal right there. Thanks. Rivalry. Real yeah. deal from when they was from yeah. when they was rookies in uh in and when they was rookies and uh Michael was in Chicago and he was in Indiana. Like the stories they the stories he told, like he went off. Reggie Miller said he went off in the first half against the Bulls. And then he said something to Mike and typical Mike. Mike came back in the second half and gave it to Reggie Miller. Reggie Miller said, I scored two points the whole second half. Mm-hmm. And said Michael told him at the uh, after the game, you know, you don't never <laughs> You don't never doubt black Jesus like that. Don't you know you what I'm saying? Trash don't you ever talk trash to black Jesus? And then Reggie said it out of respect. I can respect it. Yeah. He said, from now on, I never called him Michael Jordan. I called him, I called him Jordan. I called him black Jesus or uh, 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 black cat. Yep. You know, so yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed the whole rivalry and everything, how it went with Indiana Pacers. That stuck out a whole lot to me. Yo, Fred, talk to me, man. Like, uh, I know this is special for you. Mm-hmm. This is a special moment for you, man. Um, mm-hmm. This Pacers team, Reggie Miller. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this. Well, I, I've been waiting on this uh, episode all <laughs> the whole series. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So this was very – this is one of the series I remember from the Bulls era that, that I can remember. 
You know, I was like nine or something years old. I can remember going to Uncle D house. He got all this bulls yeah. shit everywhere. Yeah. You know what I said? Michael Jordan shit. I still, that's the same Michael Jordan cup right there. I still, I remember the, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember everything vividly. <laughs> and that's when Reggie Miller became my favorite player of all time because I've never seen nobody go up Mike like that. You know, Mike was breaking my heart every single year. Yep. You know, I don't know why as a kid I just wanted somebody else to win outside of Mike. Yep. But my whole t- childhood going up to 10 years old, Mike was breaking my heart. And Reggie Miller was the only guy who, who gave me any relief. He still lost, but he gave me any relief. But I think it was a beautiful series. Uh, that Pacer team w- was deeper and better than I originally had thought. Now that I'm looking back on it, you know, Rich Smith was a problem. He, that white boy was a problem. Like, yeah, you know, old. Mullen, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, these boys was a problem. And, uh, of course, Reggie Miller. Like, yeah, they did the Bulls won. It's a testament to, to Mike. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't even have no excuses. You know what I'm saying? Like just the, now watching all of this back, I used to have excuses like, well, maybe they needed like another score, which they probably could have used. But at the same time, Mike is the primary score for the Bulls. You know what I'm saying? So that just be over. You just gotta one of those game, one of those first two games. Reggie, Reggie had he should have won one of those first two games, in my opinion. I think they could have got him in six. I think if, if I think him letting it get to seven. That was their mistake because I think they could have got him in six if they just would have got one of them games, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, at the jump and not have to, you know what I'm saying, kind of be fighting back. Because was they up 3 2? How did that? Well, uh, the Bulls was up 3 2. No, the, the Bulls was up 3 2. The Bulls was up 3 2. Okay, they okay. Split every they game split, until game split every game. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because, I, I, and what I'm thinking about it because Reggie Miller didn't break out scoring into that third game. So that's what I'm thinking about. He scored like 28 points. He yeah, actually, that's. He actually, in, in that game, he, he went, he had 28 points. He went mm-hmm. 9 from 15 shooting. In yeah. And, and they won 107 to 105 in game four. Yeah. And, and I just think if they could have jumped up 2 0. You know, jumped up. Because everybody see it. Everybody, it ain't blasphemous to say that. Like, you could say that, like, no, oh, y'all niggas was this close to yeah. beating them niggas. Or got one of them games in Chicago. Go one, Just one, bro. Just one. Give me one game. But like I said, that speaks to the testament of them Bulls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> them 90s Bulls, man. Yeah. So, which I'm sure we'll talk. We'll talk about. Sure, sure. Yeah. So going in, so going into that, going into that series, um, I remember it vividly. '98, uh, like Fred said, my dad was Jordan up, loaded up. It's funny he remember that same glass uh, <laughs> that my father gave to me one day that he had sponsored by Upper Deck. <laughs> so I'm, I'm showing my age a little bit with that. But going back to that series, man, it a lot of Bulls fans was very disrespectful towards the Pacers. And the, media, and the media led you to believe that the Pacers were not going to be a challenge at all for these Chicago Bulls. But when Reggie Miller stepped to the podium the day before the game, and I remember this, Reggie Miller said, they asked him about the Bulls. He said, they're a great team. Michael Jordan is the great base, best player of all time. He's one of the greatest players ever. He said, but we are not afraid of these guys. We're big. We can shoot. We can play defense. And it's going to be a dogfight. That's what the quote was before the series, and I wish they would have showed that in this mm-hmm. documentary, but they didn't. But let's get into the series. Let's match up real quick. At the point guard position, who had the advantage? The Pacers. They did. Mark Jackson, Travis Best, and Jalen Rose is playing point guard as well at six foot eight. Yeah. Go to the two guard. Reggie is a great player, but Jordan is at the two. So you're going to check the box for Jordan, but you got a problem with Reggie Miller. You do. 
Let's go down with the Davis boys. See, a lot of people don't remember the Davis boys. <laughs> they don't, bro. I, I, you, they need don't to remi- remi- you need they, to remind them. These bro. boys was bangers. Yes, they was, They was relentless. Bro. They was vicious. They was going to war with the Knicks with Mason and Oakley. <laughs> Certified gangsters. And they put them boys off <laughs> to get to the conference final. Then you got the Dutchman, Big Rick Smith at 7'4". You know, these boys, these boys is ready to go. Yeah. Like, this was the biggest test that the Bulls had. But the one thing that just kept reminding me throughout this footage was the will to win. Yeah. The championship pedigree. Yeah. We've been here before. We've been through the wars. You got to think, Jordan and Pippen have been together now for a long time. Mm-hmm. They have been laid out by the Pistons. They have been butchered by the Pistons again and again. They have lost. They have seen defeat. And then they've also tasted glory. Not one, not two, not three, not four, but five titles going into this game seven. But the game six moment, this series could have been over in six. The Bulls could have won this series four games or two. When the play came off the top of the key and Jordan comes running around that corner, one point seconds left after Reggie Miller hit that three. Jordan grabs the ball, finds the lane on the yeah. outside of the three-point line, double clutches, shoots it, ball touches the backboard, rims out, and pops out. That's game. That's game. That was supposed to be game. That's game. Yeah. And, 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 and we had to be reminded of that information during this documentary. Everybody just goes straight. So, oh, boy, Pacers took them seven games. And they did. But just like that, Jordan's greatness was off by a miller, miller inch. That should have been over in Chicago. But then we do get to game seven. And Jordan was as disrespectful as ever. And I loved it. They asked him, are you guys going to win this game? Is the season over? And Jordan giggled and said, we will win game seven. <laughs> We will win. We're going to win game seven. Just like that. And I was like, dang, bro, he's sitting up there like it's nothing. It's nothing. And then we saw game seven. It was one of the best contests I had ever seen. Because the the Pacers came out guns blazing. They kept at it. They kept at it. But the difference between Reggie Miller and Michael Jordan was put on display. Reggie Miller didn't have the best game. He didn't. Michael Jordan did. Yeah. And he willed this team. And let me tell you something right now. Michael Jordan is six for six. Rich Mix is seven for four. What business did Michael Jordan have winning that tip-off? <laughs> None whatsoever. What business did he have? None whatsoever. So before the ball, when Michael Jordan tipped the ball and it headed towards Steve Kerr, the game was over. Yeah. Because you know what that meant? The Pacers saw like, dog, Smith, 7-4. Yeah. 7-4, and they had the lead. The Pacers had the lead. And Smith couldn't get the ball? <laughs> if I'm Rick Smith, I'm jumping up and I'm palming the ball so Jordan exactly. can't get it. Exactly. And then it was over from that, and the Bulls just, you know, they closed house and went on 11 nothing run, man, to win the game and advance to you know, the six NBA Finals. So, all in all, and I was telling Black, during the Bulls' championship run, I ain't talking about the Pistons before they won rings, this was their toughest test. Oh, yeah. By far, their toughest test. And all I hear in my head, how raw would it, it would have been if at the end of episode eight, where Reggie Miller said, <laughs> I'm going to retire Michael Jordan. And it actually happened. Yeah. That's the only thing my mind was thinking of. Yeah. I'm like, dog, Reggie, you almost did you this. almost did it, though. Yeah. Do you know the godlike figure Reggie Miller would have been? Yeah. Yes. That he was the man yeah. that yeah. told Michael Jordan, your dance is over. I'm yeah. coming in. Yeah. Give me your girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it was a special. It was a lot of special footage. 
I really, really enjoyed it, man. But I love the competitive nature between Miller and Jordan. It was oh, great yeah. to see. Just raw. And then they took us back. Especially behind the scenes, yeah. too. And they had games, respect. They, they had, had respect, respect for much one another. Respect. And yeah. you don't really see Mike respecting you know. dudes. Yeah. But I want to go back to when Miller and Jordan got into that fight. They got into that oh, fight yeah. a few years back when Reggie Miller was a young, 93. A, yeah. a young man in the game. And they scrapped. Jordan registered that then. He said, okay, he's going to. If if he can get a team together, yeah. and we have to see them, he's going to be have to be somebody I'm going to have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I loved about Mike. Mike never, if, if somebody was due props, he gave it to him. Yeah, but this what I did. This what I did like about that because I was going into it. I was like, I feel like Mike may disrespect Reggie the same way he did everybody else in this mm-hmm. documentary, right. but he didn't. Nope. Yeah. But he didn't. And and, and 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 like you said, it plays back to. From when they got in the fight, being highly competitive. Yep. Like, Mike already registered this kid. I'm going to have to look out for him because he could be a problem. He coming. He coming. But um, one game four, game four, if okay. I, if, and, and, and Bulls fans or people who followed the Bulls coming up around my age, me and D-age, y'all got to see this stuff, man. Um, the segment when it was four point, maybe 4.5 something seconds left, Scottie Pippins gets fouled. He gets fouled. Mm. And misses two free throws. Yeah. We're talking about two free throws that could have sealed this game. Yeah. Bulls he misses three. both. Yep. So we get to play, and it was so beautifully broke down by Reggie Miller. Yep. Beautifully yeah, 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 yeah. broke down by him. And, I love uh, it. I love it. And he said he went back to the bench and was told Larry, like, man, let's put the pressure on the refs, like, to make a call. Oh, you yeah. know, Reggie basically was trying to get somewhere, let's get a play where we drive into the hole where they have to call a foul. Mm-hmm. You know, but no, no, we're not gonna do that. No, so we know what Mr. Larry drew up, and right. and and Reggie Miller said, "Look, man, I came off, and he was like, coming off the screen, he was yep. like, I knew Michael was going to pick me up, pick me up when yep. I came there, so I gave him a gentle sh- <laughs> shove, a gentle shove. I mean, push uh, Jordan's jersey off, his yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, God. like everything after that sequence, man, him yeah. catching the ball and and like he, he didn't even drip. Let me tell you something. He didn't even dribble this ball mm. from the from the catch to the turnaround to the shot. Good. If one that shot right there, if not really thinking about it, that shot has to go down in NBA history as one of their biggest shots ever. Even though they lost that series, it's two-two. It's two-two now. Like people was like, "Oh man, Reggie Miller." Like I think people knew Reggie Miller, but they ain't know what. Reggie Miller, we seen him do it against the Knicks. Okay, yeah, yeah, that was a young Reggie. But to do that in that sequence where they were down and Reggie Miller hit a shot like that, had I think it. I think Reggie Miller was so shocked he shot himself when he hit it. He started dancing. He started dancing. Yes, dancing, and then the look on Bird face just straight kill him. <laughs> One impression. Hey, and I noticed in that after Reggie hit the shot, his eyes went straight to the clock. He was like, "Damn!" One second. <laughs> So I can't, yeah. I can't be happy because it's still time left on this clock. One second. Man, that whole segment just gave me chills looking at it because I can remember that. I guess now being older, you can, you can respect it a whole lot more. As a kid, you were just in the excitement of what was happening. Yeah. But as an adult, man, you seen every bit and how it played out. Yep. And, yep. That, and that final segment, uh, and, and that sequence, and that shot, man, was so big. And I knew from there, I knew Jordan wasn't saying it, but he knew. After the, after a shot like that, that this is gonna be a long series. He didn't say it, but he knew in his heart like this is not finna be e- easy. It was easy a fight. Series. It was yeah. a fight. It was a fight. So that, it was great information. Fred, you got anything last on the uh, Pacers? Reggie Miller, yeah, your boy. A, a, a great point you had uh, brought up when um, 
Like you hear the way Jordan talked about Gary Payton, and you had like these niggas wanting that, and that's why I said at the beginning of the show when I said I kind of believe him now when he said that Gary Payton wasn't a problem because he got the Reggie Miller, and Jordan is one of the meanest people in the world. That's one thing I learned about this too. This nigga is mean. He only liked Gus and his mama, nigga, like his pops, nigga. That's it. If you was outside yeah. of that, but the way he, but yeah. for him to just say, yeah. Them, them paces, they was a problem. You know what I'm saying? Reggie Miller, that, that boy was a problem. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yep. And yeah, that and that's uh, you know, that's my favorite player, though. Yeah, yeah, him, yeah. T Mac, that, that that's my favorite player. So it's just yeah. great to I think even in the loss, because all we get from a lot of these 90s things is, oh, Jordan kept a lot of superstars from rings and and it stops us from really appreciating how great these guys was. Yes. And man. I used to think, even though Carl Malone is great, don't get me wrong, but I even look at him different. I don't look at him like I looked at him back in the 90s. I'm like, yeah. oh, you soft, nigga. Like, you, yeah. y'all was soft, bro. Yeah. Like, nah, like, I, I can respect that Pacers team even more now. Uh, Barkley even more. Like, yeah. seeing that Jordan was just a bad, better player, but you see these games in this series where they get the best of Jordan. Mm-hmm. That nigga Barkley said, I wasn't going to let my team lose this game, bro. Like, yeah. I'm going to beat you this game, bro. Yeah. So you yeah. gonna beat me in seven? Yeah. If you know yeah. you gonna beat me in this yeah. series, but yeah. nah, bro, you, you just finna have a hell of a time, boy. Nah, bro. So you that's that's one thing I'm enjoying. Like yeah. it just bodes well for Jordan to, for us to see the competition that he had to go against instead of his stance just saying he was God and floating over all the teams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was stressed out watching that. Uh, you know that final watching that uh, Bulls Pacers joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was stressed and out. I was young like, this shit was. He was a young bro, boy. bro, he was a young, young boy. bro. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, bro, it's only two people that ever made me feel this way, and it's Kobe and Jordan. Yeah, that's it. Facts. Like literally watching, thinking you gonna lose, want you to lose, and you just break my heart every single yeah. time. And then the time, nigga, dude, like when they lost to the the. The Pistons, I wasn't even like happy like that. I was like, man, it was the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah, it was man. the beginning. Yeah. Like, ah, yeah. It's too late now. Nah, I want the Kings. I want to see Webb in them boys. <laughs> I got a question about that too. Later, okay, bro. okay, yeah, bet, bet. But yeah, that was great, man. I'm, it, it was so good to see them uh, open up with that footage, man. And it was just, it was just amazing. It was just amazing to see. All right, so we're going to transition into championship. Number five, championship number five for the Chicago Bulls after they defeated the uh, Indiana Pacers in seven games. They went on to the NBA Finals to compete for their fifth title and awaiting for them were the Utah Jazz. So uh, I love how they kicked it off. Jordan was stone cold looking in his eyes and the guy asked him, so Mike, any motivation? Anything from you going into this series? You had never faced the Jazz before. Anything for you? And Mike didn't blink. <laughs> Mike, his face wasn't like he was joking. He said, yeah, Carmelo won an MVP. <laughs> like, pissed off. Like, to the dog, it's 2020. Carmelo won that MVP in 1996. <laughs> and Mike still got it with him, bro. Yeah. He still got it with him. So, Black, what was your thoughts on... The Utah Jazz series, what did you see and what do you learn from the Bulls and Mike uh, going for that fifth ring? And I looked at the numbers, man, and I don't see how Carl Malone got that MVP over Jordan. <laughs> Jordan averaged almost 30 that year. Yeah. Now, Carl Malone averaged 27. Yeah. Um, I don't understand how. Mm-hmm. Man, like, I guess they were, yeah, I guess they were trying to spread their wealth they a little bit. They need stars. Or they, people just got tired of seeing Michael Jordan win MVP yeah. year in and year out. Yeah, but uh, yeah. for Jordan, 
he wanted to win it year in and year out. You know, leave it he to did. him. Yeah. He did, yeah, but yeah, if, yeah, yeah, and yeah. if he didn't, if he didn't win it, he was on your head. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was going. He gonna was going to find that. some motivation. You're going to pay for that. But um, I just want to step back to how the Jazz got there. They got off there on the game winner against Houston. Uh, to this finals uh, and on a great shot from John Stockton as you put earlier uh, and not to cut you off but yeah. how dope would that would have been if that Houston team would have had a chance to get to that final oh man it would have been dope we would I looked at oh, their roster I looked at that Rockets roster and I ain't gonna say they would have beat Mike Dim but boy that would have been a problem boy <laughs> but go ahead yeah cause what Charles was there then yeah. too wasn't it yeah okay yeah, yeah but Man, from from there on, I just really feel like them getting to this to that finals against the Bulls. I feel like the Jazz were a little over their heads, man. It was it was it was it was too new. It was somewhere they've never been before. Even though they won games in that series, they did. You know, but I just feel like the the Bulls were too superior. You yeah. know, in that in that first in that first series yeah. against against the Utah Jazz. Yeah. But uh, Carl Malone, man, I always thought the same way. Of Carl Malone too, coming up, I was like, man, he's soft, man. He he wasn't no good, man. He can't do nothing with Michael Jordan, Dennis Rodman. But, man, we got to see him bang with Dennis, one of the toughest guys in the NBA then. Yeah, yeah. And then we, we we got to see, you know, John Stockton. John Stockton was really the best point guard in that whole series. He had a yeah, good yeah, series yeah, yeah. in that in, yeah. in that series. So uh to see to see to see them uh in the finals with the Bulls, I just think they was in a little bit too over in too over their heads against the Bulls. Michael Jordan he had motivation for this series, man. Anytime he got motivation, it's not going to end well for the opponent. So, Never man, um, he got them out of here. And then, classic, you, you, go, you go to the game five in Utah. You know, you go to game five in Utah and all the games that we know about. You know, him being sick and, boy, that news that we got yep. was crazy. Like, and I seen that you wrote something. You was like, man. Nike really ran with that flu game thing, and that wasn't even the case. That was Fred. Fred you know, said Fred, Nike well, yeah, made yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they made Nike that had up. to, they, but yeah. but it worked. Like my God, yeah, it worked. yeah. But <laughs> I'm my like, God. it's crazy. Like this man really had food poisoning, and and me being a person that I am, if I'm in a hotel, bro, and five people bringing my pizza, bro, like I'm not going to touch that pizza, bro. I'm sorry, like I'm not finna eat that pizza. I don't, I don't know if the guys were up to no good. Maybe they just. Had a feeling Michael Jordan was in this room or something. They knew Michael was know. in there. <laughs> Maybe they just wanted an autograph, the dude, but bro. The dude who took the order on the phone told him Mike was, that's my it's, room. It's, it's a pizza, bro. I don't need five dudes bringing my pizza. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I'm pretty sure one of those guys was a Utah fan. All and they three probably of them did. <laughs> all three of them. It was 2-2. Two, two. All three of them. It was 2-2. Two, two. But yeah, man, to see, <laughs> to see uh, Mike and sit there in front of the camera and say, man, he said it never was the flu. I had food poisoning. That was great to see because that because when we were coming up, we were like, damn, Mike was sick as a dog. The man, this is great to watch. Which he was sick as a dog, but we thought it was the flu. Yeah. So the whole thing, classic thing with the shoe and everything. Yeah. It just it's it's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing to to have them the way that they that Nike ran with it, and I, you could say made millions and millions of dollars off of that, you know, and made Michael millions. Like, it for a decade, it was like, when this shoe came out, it was all about the flu game. You know, what Michael did. Michael scored over 40 points in this game, man, and played 44 minutes. He played 44 minutes in this game and was like, man, he threw. It was times Michael was going to the bench, man. He couldn't even... 
He couldn't even sit right. He was leaning on Scotty. Scotty couldn't help but hug him because it was nothing nobody can do. He was running on fumes, and and you it was a, it was a part in there where nobody none of the, they would let Michael sit on the bench by himself. Mm-hmm. No one would go by him or do anything. Mm-hmm. They just left him alone on the bench. Mm-hmm. But man, that <laughs> that yeah. being said, man, that's that part mm-hmm. of, of that knowing knowing it now. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing to watch and. And I seen that PJ said, "Man, we gotta rename that shoe to the to uh <laughs> we get the yeah sure. the food poison sure. uh shoe. Sure. We gotta rename it. But man, how 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 great was that for Nike to run with that the way they did? Yeah. The following announcement has been paid for by the Reduce Lunch Action Sports News Desk. Now before Fred go, okay, <laughs> Black Hour's on StockX, and you know what we do here at the yeah. Sports Desk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a couple guys hit me about the Chicago ones. They didn't really, they really didn't talk to me yeah. with the price range that I was looking for. Cause right now they like sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars, and I'm looking for that piece. So you can get the flu game slash food poison game twelves right now if you were a size twelve. Here we are. We're Okay, so we are back, and that was not a punch-in from the sports desk. So, yeah, flu game 12s, poison, food poison 12s, you can have them right now. All right, Fred, so talk to me, man. Let's go to the uh, ring number five. All mm-hmm. right, so you were coming up, and mm-hmm. you um, was able to see this. So what, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts, man, on the, on the fifth ring for the Chicago uh, Bulls? Yeah, fifth ring on the Bulls. I mean, business as usual. You know what I'm saying? I always liked Stockton. I always thought Stockton, um, for everything considered, was the best point guard in the league. If we just talking about just the position, you know what I'm saying? Now, he wasn't the most athletic, you know, wasn't the, couldn't play defense like the glove. But um, he, was a, he was a hybrid. If you look at a lot of the way a bunch of point guards are playing the game now, you know what I'm saying, which you can go back to maybe like Pistol Pete Marriott. You know what I'm saying? Like you could go yeah. back and find guys who played this style. But, you know, this is, you see Steph Curry is like all of these guys on steroids, whether Steve Nash or, you know what I'm saying? I know I'm just naming white point guards, but that ain't all of, you know what I'm saying? Like it's Jason Kidd, you know what I'm saying? Like who really hold the essence of that point guard position. Like, nigga, I'm going to give you 10 to 15 assists on a bad night. You know what I'm saying? Like, my 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 goal is to be a general on the floor. Yeah. So that's one thing I really do love about uh, John Stockton, um, you know, with him at the guard. Carl uh, Malone, I, I soured on him just a little bit. <laughs> yes, uh, you did. Yeah, I did, man. Yeah, he had, he had back-to-back chances to do it, especially after seeing how beat up that 98 team was. Uh-huh. To see Scottie Pippen was useless after the first three minutes of the game. And I mean, them niggas, the Jazz is over there fully healthy. I'm talking about they 150% healthy. Some of them boys is at full strength. You out there with Jordan. And that nigga Jordan, you just can't, you can't beat him. You know what I'm saying? Curry, like you just, you just couldn't beat those boys. So uh, it, it was beautiful to watch. I'm sure Jordan was very happy. <laughs> to uh, see the Jazz in the finals oh, yeah, yeah. twice, you know what I'm saying, to um, end this thing out, you know what I'm saying. Like, I'm sure that he was elated by that. But, yeah, uh, yeah that fifth championship, you could kind of see the – not because you really couldn't see the wheels kind of mm, – Not in the fifth one. Not in the fifth, yeah, not, not in the, the fifth, fifth one. one. I think it all came together in that sixth one. Like, yeah. that sixth one, you kind of seen, like yeah. – yeah. Even Jordan said, like, we would have went for a seventh one. We might not would have won it, but I would have showed with a love to try. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I think we could have. I yeah. want to go for it. You yeah. know, so that he even speaking to a man. That's uh, 
We was at the end of the road. But I think that fifth one, yeah, man. Just get the jazz the hell out of here, man. What the hell out Byron Russell? He done hit 8,500 game winners on Byron Russell. Jesus Christ, bro. I mean, how many game winners you going to have hit on you, bro? Because I'm watching the one. Was that in 05 when he hit the game win on him in like game two or three, the three point? That was game no, one for the fifth frame. For the fifth frame. I'm, li- I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, damn, they get to the last shot already. That no. was about like, I'm thinking that. I'm no. like, damn, they skipping. No. No. I, no, I ain't know that though. Yeah. I ain't know yeah. that though. So yeah. I'm watching it. Yeah. Like, I thought Joel went to the free throw line to hit the last shot. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So I'm fucked up. Like I'm like, damn, this nigga hit the last shot as a three point. What was that? F- what? Is- I'm confused. And I'm like, oh, he done hit a hundred game winners on this nigga. That's what it is. But I was like, it was great. You know, moving, moving right along, getting to that six, man. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, for me, same thing. I think I think that ring ring number five was uh um they were still rolling. They were still rolling on ring number five, and Jordan was alt, just ultra motivated by Karl Malone winning the MVP. And, I, and, and don't get me wrong, Karl Malone is a great player. Um, he's one of the best power forwards of all time. He is. But at the same time, he didn't do anything to make anybody believe that the Jazz were capable of winning the championship that year. <laughs> like, him and Stockton together, the great coach Jerry Sloan, they had some youth with Ostratag and, 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 and Byron Russell. They... Uh, uh, Hornacek, like they, 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 they had some nice players, but they didn't, they didn't pose a threat. They didn't. They didn't. No one, no one believed that they could have beat the Bulls. They weren't supposed to be there. They really wasn't. But, but, but you know what? They took care of the Rockets in six games, though. That wasn't, that wasn't the game seven. They got them out here in six. And I went back and I looked up that Houston Rockets with Barkley and Olajuwon and Drexler and Kenny Smith and like dog, they they had a good team in Houston. I would have loved to see how that would have turned out. What would the Bulls been able to do with Hakeem Olajuwon? Charles Barkley's going to walk in the floor, not giving a damn, bro. Mm-hmm. It does not matter what y'all do tonight. I'm out here. Yeah. That's the mindset of Charles Barkley. But we didn't get to see it. Really? We got to see the Utah Jazz, Jerry Sloan, <laughs> Stockton, yeah. and, and Carl Malone. Carl Malone didn't do anything, bro, to make anybody believe. All right, so the fifth ring was what it was. And again, you know, we had to punch in here at the sports desk. But we do have the flu game, Food Poison 12s, right here in a size 12. And if you would like them, 400 cast can get you these today. So y'all holla at me. Okay, because we have them all at the sports desk. All right, man, so we're going to transition, man, into... Well, before we go to ring six, I want to stop by Steve Kerr for a second. I think we learned a lot, uh, a little bit more about Steve Kerr yesterday. Some things I didn't know at all, man, and how him and Michael Jordan were similar in a lot of ways than not, you know? So just to paint the picture real fast, we're going to go around the room on Kerr. You know, Kerr, um, he grew up, um, I guess, you know, typical white kid in America, you know, loving family, loving home. You know, he was a part of sports and got an opportunity to view and see a lot of things, go outside the country. But his dad was, uh, it, it, they, it appears that he was a, uh, a, a noble man. You know, he was out here, you know, in a lot of things with leadership and over schools and other countries and things like that. And uh, they went out to, I believe it was Beirut or something like that they went to. And he was the head chancellor of the academy. And, you know, it was a lot of violence going over there. The previous the previous uh, chancellor was kidnapped like a few weeks before he got there, before the Kerr family got there. 
And uh, sadly, uh, Steve Kerr's dad was ambushed, you know, shot and killed in his office while he was on the phone by, you know, two two terrorists uh, dressed up as students. And a young Steve Kerr, a freshman in college, uh, got a phone call at three o'clock in the morning, you know, being let know that his father, you know, was killed. And of course, rivaling on the same level as Michael Jordan, what happened to his father. But I admired the story of Steve Kerr for two things. I always love to see these larger than life figures in their element, outside of their element, where they're forced to be emotional, where they're forced to look their um their situations that they've been through in the eye once again. Yeah. You know, Kerr is uh, 50, year old, 50 years old, man. Mm-hmm. And his father was killed such a long time ago, but the pain is still there. Yeah, you see. You know, it's still there. He got highly emotional, and, 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 and rightfully so. I don't know how it feels to lose a parent, but I can only imagine. And Steve Kerr just showed his human side, and I appreciated his story. He didn't have the Michael Jordan route. He wasn't the star study kid. He wasn't the kid that went out and, you know, blue trail, you know, trailblazer and set, set, you know, set the roof on fire. That wasn't him. You know, he had to grind, work on his craft, work on his shot, play a little defense, and he got a chance. He got a chance and he made the best of his chance and he was fortunate enough to get with the Bulls and the rest is history. So, Black, what did you learn about Kerr in that era of his life? Yeah, you uh, pretty much touched on a lot about Kerr in, yeah. that, in, in that part. Yeah. But the one thing that did stick out stick out to me, the producer asked her, he was like, "Did you and Michael ever, you know, talk about y'all fathers?" And he's like, "We never did." Yeah, we never yeah, did, and 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 that shocked me because usually when you have something similar like that, a loss of a parent, yeah. and then another person like maybe who's your teammate or your brother or somebody you you know you look up to and you go to war with, you know, y'all kind of connect in that type of way. And he said they never had conversations uh, about their fathers, so. Yeah. I was kind of like, wow, I, I, you know, I, I guess Mike was just that guy. Well, I really don't have many conversations with my mm-hmm. teammates, but oh, they didn't talk to Mike about personal things like that. But man, his story was amazing. He was like, you know, the hurt of him losing his father, you know, he had to uh, jump right back into basketball, man. That's what helped him, you know, cope with his dad dying. And then like, like you said, so many years now, him still having to do it and him getting emotional. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of talking about it, man, yeah. it was, you can tell it still sit, was, sits with him today. Yeah. But uh, to see, I'm happy they showed Steve Kerr in that, in that light. Yeah. And, and that was my wish for this documentary that they did get into one of the guys who wasn't the face of anything or wasn't the most popular. Steve Kerr wasn't that. He wasn't no. that. You know, you had, you had Michael Jordan, you had Scottie Pippen, you had Dennis Rodman. You know, their story's good. We usually know some of their stories. But uh, but a uh, Steve Kerr, we never knew his story, yep. and I'm happy that they got into one of the guys on that team, one of the you know not so popular guys on yep. that team's story. And man, it was amazing to see uh, everything and how his story played out. Yeah, it was great. It it, it was it was great to see uh with, with Steve Kerr. Free, you got anything on what you saw with Kerr? Uh, yeah, that, it was one of my favorite parts of you know this whole thing um with Steve Kerr and. I think they really got their storytelling off with Steve Kerr's story as far as the directors of this film. Um, yeah, I had heard of Steve Kerr's dad. Like, I remember, like, because I remember Monty Jones had wrote something about it, but I, it just was something that was passing. Because, you know, Steve Kerr is, a, like, a social justice warrior. Like, he's standing up to Trump. Like, anything that happens, yeah, Steve Kerr yeah. is lending his voice to it. And now we all get a glimpse to see why. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? The yeah. background he come from, the decency he comes from. Mm-hmm. And um, and he ain't no punk. Like, for him to gain, like, you just look at Steve Kerr. Yeah. Like, this, he had respect to Michael Jordan. And, yeah. and you could tell that meant a lot to him. That meant a lot 
to the guys. You know what I'm saying? Like that's these are grown men inside of this game. It was yeah. it was just so pure to see like it means a lot for you to think I can be a dog out here on this yeah. court with you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Period. Like I don't I don't care what how niggas feel about it. Like yeah. that is a beautiful thing to just sit back, yeah. you know what I'm saying, to kind of watch. And to add to Steve Kerr. She left the Bulls, went right to the Spurs. Yeah. He he won a ring yeah. that next year. Yeah. Why everybody else didn't get yeah. that seventh? He did. Lee Steve Kerr out of it because he won yeah. his seventh ring yeah. the very next year. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. More so a that, couple more. Uh, right, yeah. a couple, right? We got like uh, eight or something, right? Total? He has five. He has five as a player, three as a coach. Yeah. So he has eight. Sheesh. Eight Damn, yeah. boy. Yeah. He yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was, and and it, and it showed us because for some reason I had to start on my Steve here was just this stationary shooter. Nah. You know what I'm saying? Nah, that boy was moving. You yeah. know what I'm saying? With the limited time he had. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He didn't even have a lot of time to really go. But you see, you see him, he was in there like he had the skill the way yeah. he could hoop. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and I like what Kenny, uh, uh, for the TNT, uh, say he was like, man, I don't, I don't know what y'all niggas think about Curry, but Curry get any of you niggas 50. Yeah. Don't let that shit fool yeah. you with them bulls, nigga. Yeah. You step on the court with that white nobody. He ready to roll. 50 real He ready quick. to roll. You know, so yeah. I shout out to Steve Kerr, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, man, so we're going to transition uh, out of Steve Kerr to championship number six, uh, the culmination of this entire documentary, man. Uh, the bulls go for their sixth ring. And they were really documenting the whole 98 season through all 10 episodes, okay? So we got to, com- we got to the culmination uh, last night with episode number 10. Going into that sixth championship, and what a beautiful story told uh, with that last episode. Everything came full circle uh, with the Chicago Bulls, man. So, Black, just, j- just your overall uh, thoughts and opinions from the whole season um, leading up to the Utah Jazz in the finals for that sixth and final championship. Yeah, man, the, just the whole the whole series in itself, man, as a whole, man, it, it, it was amazing to watch. Um, I think the thing that really sticks out the most to me, and leading up until you know episode ten was uh was Dennis Rodman episode four. Um, I guess everybody we see we see things how people break down, you know, offense or scoring the ball and what you do offensively, but to see Dennis Rodman have a science to rebound in the basketball mm-hmm. and being a defender, knowing every knowing every person and where they move, he knows where to be at. If this player was, I know Charles Barkley is going to go this way, so I need to I need to be here. Mm-hmm. I know Carl Malone is going to go this way, so I need to be here. Or having his teammates put up, uh, shoot up shots and miss them, and he just grabbing rebounds from each way, each way. You know, just overall, man, that people I I don't know if people can really respect it, but that was amazing to me. Like to see Dennis Rodman in that light, we always know him knew Dennis Rodman as a high head, a partier, do what he wanted to do, but no, he wasn't. He probably wanted to, he was probably one of the best focused players <laughs> on the Bulls next to Michael Jordan. Right. But he don't get respect for that, you know. But man, it was it it was great to see that man. And then every every episode had a little piece of something, man, that you can that you can grab from or you didn't know. And then leading up until episode ten. You know the whole thing with that's that it all comes together with them playing the jazz again and um Utah came to play this this time. Yes, they did. They came to play this time. Uh yes, they you could did. tell they was a little more hungrier. And uh they, they had them played the Bulls already, so they was really familiar. So that's back to back years. And um Mike's get Mike's Mike Michael Jordan got into the whole thing with Brian Russell in episode ten about how he came back. They went how how he came back from baseball and the uh, jazz was practicing in the facilities uh, 
on a day off and they was getting ready to pay the bulls the next day and mike went in and went to talk to stockton and malone and this little rookie kid comes up to mike was like man why you retire man why you retire he was like, he was like, man, I think I could have, I think I could have held you. He was like, yo, Carl, stop. Y'all better tell this kid, better man. This kid. <laughs> Y'all better tell this kid, man. So, and then he was like, from that point on, he was always on my list. My eyes were always on Brian Russell. And it's crazy, to, man. I just, we said every episode, it's crazy the motivation Michael Jordan can find, man. From you saying something that you don't need to be saying, from somebody else winning a trophy that he didn't win. Oh, it's, it's, it's crazy, man. But. The way he went at Brian Russell in that uh in that '98 season in that series, man, was insane. But Brian Russell didn't have a chance from tip off of that series, man. He just went at him uh 100. But you know, accumulating in them winning, you know, their sixth ring, and and I didn't remember about Scott. I don't know why I didn't remember this, but I didn't remember Scotty getting hurt in that in mm-hmm. in that game six and him having that. It was crazy. Like every five minutes, he was going to the locker room in that second half. Mm-hmm. That was crazy, man. But he knew he had to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I Scotty gained a whole, he gained a lot of respect for me through this series, but a whole lot more mm-hmm. in that uh in 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 that part of the uh, series in episode ten because he knew if he could just be out there to be a decoy, yep. you know, to help. You know, with Scotty Pippen on the floor, we have to worry about him, even though his back. It's tight. You have to worry about Scottie Pippen. But, you know, just for him to be out there. And then, Mike, you know, he had to play all-world game, man. He had to play all-world game knowing Scottie was hurt. And we seen the, we seen the greatness of Michael Jordan once again. Like, what can, you, what can you say? Like, this guy, man, came through in the clutch once again and um, prevailed to win his sixth reign. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Fred, get in here, man. Um, the sixth championship. Mm-hmm. The sixth ring. All right. Yeah. What was your take, man, on the whole season for the Bulls that we see mm-hmm. in this documentary? And then ultimately, you know, them capturing rain number six. Uh, well, I've quit many of jobs before, so I know how it feels <laughs> when you're getting ready to quit a job. You giddy, you happy. And that's all I could feel in that documentary from Mike. You know what I'm saying? Even getting to the elimination game. We would have liked to win it in Chicago, but he knew it. He was like, this is not going past six games. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is going to be it. And that's what I was observing, really, just Mike's demeanor. And, like, you know, even when he told Scott Barrera, he was like, man, if you ever see me after the day, you know I'm going to fight you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's just funny, though. It's like even Mike was even aware in that moment, like, damn, this shit really finna be over. You know what I'm saying? As far as basketball-wise, I mean, just going for your second three-peat. You know what I'm saying? Not because he did take the two years off, but a three peat period is just so hard to do. And, and I'm so glad, like, we got to see how hard it was. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because we see it in modern times. We we see a KD join the Warriors, and in our heads, we like, that's eight championships in a row if they want to. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's like, yeah, you got two, but it's everybody you played in the finals was hurt. As soon as you had a little injury here and there, you got knocked off. You lost. You know what I'm saying? The grand, you, you should have lost in the Western Conference Finals to PJ Tucker and um James Harden. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That you, you really should have lost that series. That's all people talking about who you got 96 Bulls or the Warriors. Jordan is getting that Rockets team out of here four games in 1996 without a without an issue. I'm talking about without a, a problem. We would we would have never even talked or remembered the Rockets first Bulls series in '96 and went down, and we was on the brink of elimination with KD 
Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, and Draymond Green on the floor. So it puts in perspective with this Jordan team to be like, damn, this the third ride, the third championship. You just went seven with the Davis brothers and the Pacers. Yes, bro. Uh, Pippen is hurt. Yep. You know what I'm saying in this um in a crit in a critical game. You know what yep. I'm saying. And then you you don't know what he might not be able to play the next game. Because he, he playing he off adrenaline. He said he wasn't going to be able to play. Yeah. He yeah. playing off adrenaline. You and know, Mike said it too. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 with, um, and I don't think nobody knew that black that he was hurt because he, he said in a documentary, like, Pippen said himself, nobody knew that. Like, yeah. nigga, I was done. He was done. I he was done. Like, wow, like three minutes that. into the game, I'm like, <laughs> what? Scotty Pippen was done. So, like, that, to see the, like, the, the breaking news and the, Different things that's come out of this this um series with the Bulls and the Jazz. Uh, it was just so beautiful to watch, man. Like to see him tired, to see him not perfect. They they wasn't perfect. Like Jordan, he was perfect, but that that they what they was at the end. Yep. All of them, all of them on the last year, they contracts. Yep. Like you can even hear it in their voices talking. Like this could be it. Yep. We don't know. Like even Steve Kerr said it. Like nigga, we down what six niggas. Yep. Well, it might be, it might, might be, be it, rap, boy. It might be a rap. We don't know what's... Yeah, might be done. And, and just for them to be like, fuck that. Let's These go. niggas ain't won no championship. Like, we've done this too many times. We like, know. let's dig in. And you yep. just keep seeing these moments to where niggas not going to be denied, bro. Yep. And um, it, it was... I don't know if it's my favorite one, but it's between this one and the one he won on Father's Day that are probably going to yeah, be one of my favorites. favorites yeah. for, which one was that? Was number, that five? That was number four, Father's Day. No, four? Against Seattle. No, no, no. Against four Seattle. Yeah, number four, Seattle. Yeah, his first that's, one back. His first one. That's when they told Dennis Rodman's story? What, but it's the Father's Day one when they won the on Father's Day. The championship. championship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was ring four. Yeah, yeah. For Seattle. And to see that emotion, you know what I'm saying? That's my favorite. It, yeah, it's just like we actually get to see what this man, our Jordan was so human, bro. Like the nigga was more human than some of the cats today. But the way he's he's so marketed so well, you just never knew that. But you know, he was an asshole, yeah. of course. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, but at the same time, this man was a, a human being. He had feelings just like everybody else. Like his whole <laughs> life was dedicated to basketball. This nigga started crying. Yeah. This is when I knew Joel was crazy. Psycho. This nigga, I'm thinking, I'm seeing him tear up, and I'm like, well, they must be talking about his dad. No. They must be talking about this nigga started crying because no. everybody wasn't this hard. Say, <laughs> <laughs> shit, if you don't want to play this way, shit, don't, don't play, play that this way. way. Like, don't that boy take way. this taste serious, boy. Don't, don't play that way. Shit, that boy, that, that boy ain't get emotional talking about his daddy. Nothing. He get emotional nothing. talking about Gus, his nothing. kids, nothing. That boy, boy said that you don't want to play that way. That nigga said break. What he said? He said I might have been a tyrant. Yeah. He said, I might, but that's because you've never won anything. You didn't win anything. You didn't win anything. Yeah. You didn't win anything. You know, first he opened up and said, "Look, I don't even have to do this." <laughs> that's how he opened it up. I don't even have to do this. So if you don't want to play that way, don't play that way. Don't when play he, that way. When, hey, when he said, he said some people may see me as a tyrant. I said, "Oh yeah." He. He feeling this here. He is really feeling this. And then the whole part of him, like you finna go to, like the whole part of him breaking down, like, bro, this man literally asked the cameras to break. Cause he was getting so emotional, he was finna break down. About winning. About the game of basketball. About winning. Not his father. The game of basketball and winning. Winning. What's wow. 
Not Jeffrey, not Marcus. <laughs> not Juanita or Jasmine. <laughs> That boy cried about winning but and you, doing it his way. And I want before you go, I want to say one more thing. And I and I know people might, oh, Michael Jordan, he's the gold. He's this. He never did anything wrong. Uh, our listeners who seen this documentary, no, no. It was times in these series, if you didn't notice, Michael Jordan went on streaks where he missed shots back to back to back to back. Yeah, bro, I mean, like... And I'm pretty sure people will say, well, we hear this now in today's game about one certain player where he disappears. He don't show up when he needs to show up. Who? Or he all, you know, we 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 hear these things about this guy. But when Michael Jordan did, I guess it was just okay for him to miss shots. Yeah. I guess it was just okay for him to disappear in certain moments. If, if it wasn't for people like Scottie Pippen or Steve Kerr. We could be really talking about something different here because it was times in this documentary overall... Michael Jordan disappeared for long periods of time in games. Exactly. That's that's like, different oh, moments. Yeah, it's Michael. Yeah. Yeah. But when the lights was, you know, when the lights was the brightest and everything was the biggest, Michael Jordan showed up and gave us what he's supposed to give us. But mm-hmm. yeah. he's not what <laughs> he, he for him to be for him to for he for you to judge our future guy here in LeBron James. In a way, well, he doesn't show up or he doesn't do what he's supposed to do. But Michael Jordan did the same thing. It was times he didn't show we're gonna up talk here. About it, bro. But we're gonna talk I just about wanted it. to share we're that because I wanted to see yeah. if I was the only person that noticed yeah. that in this series. See, I was looking yeah. for little things. Okay. I remember when we was going into the series, we was like, bro, we gotta we gotta look at this thing and look for the little things that people some people won't notice. And that was one of the small details that some people will overlook. Just because of the greatness of Michael Jordan, they wouldn't sit and talk about that. You know, that's something that needs to be talked about to me. Because no one talks about that because he won six rings and he won all these MVPs and he he made the big shots in the big moments. No, it was times Michael Jordan, we was like, what the hell are you doing? You building, like, brick after brick after brick after brick, bro. Like, come on, man. Where were you at certain times? Well, this game could have been long gone, but... You didn't show up when the time you needed to show up. I'm sorry about that, right. D. I had to get that off, man. I'm sorry Before about that. Before we get back on topic, I just want to say, this is the whole reason why people want to admit these things about Jordan. Because Jordan, after watching this, Jordan and LeBron are way closer than I thought. The only thing that separates the two is the attitude. And only Jordan and Kobe had that. That's it. But 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 for people saying gangsta, that gangsta. their attitude, no nigga, talent gangsta, did. Kobe was better than niggas. Jordan was better than niggas. LeBron is better than niggas. Their attitude had nothing to do with it. It was cute. Don't get me wrong. We seen Kobe transition right after basketball where he couldn't use like that meanness he had inside of him, and he transferred into something else. Nigga, when I got an Oscar and a Grammy as soon as he left the game. You understand? That's talent. That is talent. So I did, oh, his competitiveness is just on another level. You're right. I understand what you mean. You're right. But at the same time, my nigga, LeBron James and Michael Jordan, I mean, they are cut from the same cloth when it comes to that talent shit. Because Jordan was passing up a lot of them games. Look to Kurt. Hey, be ready. You're under, I know they going to double me. But the way people talk about Jordan, they talk about like he's stupid or something. And he not. He telling her, hey, they finna double me, bro. You must be butt naked ass open. I know you missed the last 10 shots, but I need you to hit this for your dog. But, but they don't want to say that by Jordan. Why? Because that's LeBron's whole game. 
That's LeBron game. He's gonna make the smart hey, play. Let let Le, let LeBron James pass up a shot and watch the ridicule, how ridicule he's going to be for passing up a shot. But we 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 not gonna get into that. D, yeah, go ahead, bro. Next, go next, ahead. Next, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go ahead, D. I'm sorry. I know you said don't do it, but bro, I had I had to pinpoint that fact because you told me before this, bro. Look for small detail stuff that some people will not look at. And I found that. I seen that. And I had to share that, bro. I'm sorry. Are you kidding, bro? <laughs> hey, bro. You listening to the sports desk. Hey, this reduced lunch sports, man. Come on, now. Now, I told both of these boys before we started this episode today to keep it cool, though. And I knew, and I knew Black. I knew it was going to be him. I knew it was going to be him. But let's get, I'm going to get back on topic, man. So, back to 1998, ring number six. The Utah Jazz was a very, very, very good team. The West was loaded that year. There was three 60-plus win teams in the West that year. The Jazz finished first with 62 wins. The Seattle Supersonics finished with 61 wins. And the Los Angeles Lakers finished with 61 wins. Mm. Now, I didn't know that. I didn't know the Lakers went 61 and 21 the year that Michael won his last ring. Oh, so wow. you know who was you, you know Yeah. You yeah. know who was on the way, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So back to ring number six. This was the culmination of a grind. This was a culmination of emotions. This was the culmination of just physical and mental and, and emotional. Uh, just drainage, man, that all of these guys have been dealing with. Living a life like Michael Jordan lived, man, where he can't even walk outside of his hotel room without getting mobbed by hundreds and hundreds of people. He hits the street. There's thousands of people. This man is at a stoplight, and there's a kid running out of his car, running up to Michael Jordan's Corvette to get an autograph. Like He can't do nothing regular, and he's already a five-time champion and going for his second three-peat. And, I, and, and I'm one of those people when it comes to Jordan. I always will put that in my conversation when we are talking goats. To do a three-peat one time, it was one thing. But to come back and do it another time is something totally different here. It's totally different what we've seen. And the Utah Jazz had reloaded they reloaded going into that next year. They dominated. They dominated that whole season with 62 wins that year. Carl Malone was even better than he was the year before. Mm-hmm. Stockton was better. They was ready to go. And this was the first time the media said, we don't know. We don't know if Mike and the Bulls going to be able to hold up. <laughs> we don't know. This Utah team is really good. The arena that they played in in Utah was a zoo. A circus. It was loud. They broke the decimal, uh, all-time decimal mark by Guinness Book of World Records in game two or some t- game three when they got back to Utah. Just absurd. But with all that being said, championship DNA. Mm-hmm. Heart. Heart, bruh. And Mike said it so beautifully. I was so glad to hear him. Mike said this championship probably is the sweetest. Why? Because I had to use my mind and my body to win. Yeah. Yeah, I love the breakdown because if you go back to earlier in the documentary, he even said it. He said when he was going up against the Lakers and the Celtics when they was getting to the end, he said, oh, I'm just going to use my youth. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to use my youth. I'm going to use my youth and my talents. We're going to get by these guys. So for him to keep that same mindset with going into his last run and saying it was so hard 
my mind, my spirit, like everything. I needed everything to win. And I love when he talked about the last shot. He said, I had to go back to my fundamentals because my legs were shot. I had to go back when they teach you in basketball or you grab the ball and you point down with your two fingers and get the ultimate rotation <laughs> to get it in. And, and I want to do people really look at when the ball went into the hoop. Bruh, that was draws. Yeah. All net, no rim, no backboard. The most beautiful jumper <laughs> ball going into the rack that yeah. I ever seen. And I'm looking like last night, I'm, that's the first time I paid attention to the, the net. I said, bruh. This thing didn't touch nothing. Yeah, they, they see how the net folded. The net came back yeah, up and went back in. <laughs> and I, he wasn't yeah. missing. Yeah, and I love Scott. And Scott like, bro, we already know what time it was. Rob yeah. like, bro, I need to get the hell out of the way. You see Scott what Dennis like, Robin said? Dennis Robin said, get the fuck out of the way. Yeah, Scotty, yeah. Scotty and Dennis was like, bro, like, bro, we out. We know what time it is. He not finna pass nothing. Dennis like, bro, I'm on the other side of the court. I don't even need to be over here. Hey, the, hey. Jordan didn't even have to. Jordan didn't even have to call for the clear out. He didn't have to call for it. And yeah, just like to, and, and Jordan said he looked that field. Yeah. Jordan said he looked over there and field was just, <laughs> yeah. you the guy, man. Yeah. Go ahead and do your thing. But what I love, too, the sequence before the last shot, uh -huh. the presence of mind with him being on defense, Crazy. Dennis Rodman got Carl Malone in the block. Dennis Rodman is a hell of a defender. Mm -hmm. But Carl Malone was a load. Yeah. And if he got you that deep, he getting them buckets. Yeah, he was. But Jordan said they had just ran that play yeah. a few series before and Carl scored. Yeah. And if I would have stayed positioned and went for the ball, I could have got a steal. Yeah. Well, he remembered that at that height of the game. Yeah. Yeah. There's less than 30 seconds left in the game. Yeah. And his mind went there? That's what I was impressed with. Yeah. The theater, what we saw, was beautiful. But here, the breakdown of his mind and what he knew going into that last play, where well, he stayed put, let Hornacek go. Yeah. Let him go. Carl yeah, yeah, yeah. Malone had, did not have the presence of mind to be like, dog, what is on my blind side? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that made it even sweeter, Jordan ran in front of Carl. Yeah. Carl saw Mike and Hornacek go right by him. Yeah. And Jordan stayed put, swatted the ball, clean steal, bro. Clean. Got All the ball, ball. Yeah. looked at the clock, looked at Phil, and basically said, let go. <laughs> yeah. Dribble that thing up, dribble that thing up. Didn't even call for the clear out. Everybody knew, even the Jazz knew. Yeah. No one came to help. That's my thing. <laughs> if I'm Byron Russell, I'm looking for stopping. <laughs> I'm like, hey. <laughs> As soon as Mike coming up the court, I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, I'm calling for somebody, but no one came. Whoa, no one that's, came. Dog, that's the, what? But Rob, you can have it, bro. He not going to beat us. If Dennis Rodman hit a shot, whatever, dog. But you ain't been, and, and that's what blew, and I, that's what I'm watching in this last moment. I know a lot of other people probably seeing like the shot. Man, that, that's the great, I mean, Mike was just so, that, I wasn't watching that. I'm sitting there like, Hornacek, Stockton, Ostratag, Malone. <laughs> yeah, call Malone. Somebody come. <laughs> Some, and no one did. And, and, and it just worked out like it did. Jordan just came down, hit him with a two dribble. And, 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 you, and you know, we give Byron Russell. A lot of people say, no, Jordan pushed him. Jordan pushed him. Jordan pushed him. He didn't. Did. Like, they, yeah. Bob Costas was the first person to make me change my mind on that. Because I was the first person to holler, that's an offensive foul. Jordan shoved them out. But no. Mm -hmm. Byron Russell literally was tripping on his own feet. Yeah. And Jordan said, he played on his toes. Yeah. I give him a hair fake. I give him any move, he going to go for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, man, so I, I just appreciated all the information. And then Jordan did his thing, went back, and shot the shot. Ball game, six rings.
Ball game six rounds. And the game wasn't tied. It was down one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like that was a, a great moment. Yeah. And what I want people to um what I want people to really um go back and see is go look at that picture. Uh when the ball is in the air, just leaving Jordan hands. Every single fan in that arena is dead. They're still. I mean, they terrified. The ball ain't even halfway out of Jordan hands yet, and they know it's over. It ain't even. You know how sometimes the last shot of going this hopeful, like, what's going to happen? Like when Kawhi hit that lucky game when it gets to six, everybody everybody like, like, bro, when that when soon as soon as they seen Brown Russell sliding out of bounds, (laughs) you go look at that, and that's the first time I really looked at that picture. I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at every single fan, and it's one white kid in there, both his hand with a bull jersey. Yeah, like it's good. <laughs> and it's a jet. This a little kid. This a little kid saying yeah. good, baby. Yeah, good. He got the black. He got the black Jordan Bulls yeah. jersey on. And yeah. you know his dad a rich boy. He's sitting like right there. I just love. I just love the way man like. Everybody was expecting something, and it was something totally different. Everybody was expecting Michael Jordan when he got that steal, as you said, D. It, they was expecting a timeout. Yeah. Phil said Phil Phil said Phil said Phil said it. He said, you know, I had it in my mind, but I was like, nah. Yeah. Mike, him and Mike look, nah. Ain't no use. And then you then Scott dad, Scotty, Scotty. So what was the play? Scotty said, get the hell out of the way. And Dennis Robin, Dennis Rod, they asked Dennis Robin, Dennis Robin said, yeah. I got the got the way. And they even showed it. Dennis Robin was coming up and he crossed all the way over. Oh, he went and got out of the way. <laughs> he went the other way. And I never noticed yeah. that. Bro, when I look, when I look, because they never really show that, Dennis Rodman went all the way across to the corner, to the top of the, I mean, to to the corner side and got the hell out of the way. Because you could just stood there. You seen when Mike had the ball, it looked like Dennis was like, oh, is he finna pass it to me? And then I guess it like clicked in his head. He just ran the other way. <laughs> yeah. He just ran the other way. And, and another thing, like what Mike was saying, like we knew Scotty wasn't going to be available. Like, yeah. Scotty got hurt the first play of the game when he went up for a dunk and he hurt his back. Yeah. He wasn't br- going to be available. Bro, who? And that's, a, and, and that's what bad coaching come, that's what bad coaching's come, come into play at. You know you got a limp noodle out here. And, 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 they didn't and, know. And, and, and they didn't know. But yeah. they knew Scotty. I'm pretty sure the Jazz knew what Scotty keep going out of, in and they out the game. Something like going on. But Something's going on. But Scotty was scoring, though. Scotty scored eight points in the fourth quarter. Scotty scored. Well, they didn't show him scoring eight yes, points. They, they, they showed him yes, they when they he scored the, 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 the layup. That was in the fourth. And that's that when he, no. yeah, when he scored the layup and then he, ah, that was and then he dunk. went out he, the goal. He, he went dunked. out there. He dunked in the first quarter and got hurt. But in the fourth quarter, he, in the second half, excuse me, he scored eight points. But he is the one who got them within one with the dunk late. And you see him, like, getting up out the floor. But you got to think, Black, at that time, at that time during the game, no one's watching anybody. The, yeah. height, the height of the game is like, dog, yeah. like what's yeah. about to happen yeah. next? You see niggas are uneasy. But you want to know something? I think, I think, I really believe Jerry Sloan even got caught up in the moment. He was like, Everybody ah, did. Yeah. Everybody he was like, did. instead of me, instead of me throwing a double team at Jordan, we just going to let this play out. And that was like, stupid. Uh, that was yeah. stupid. He, I believe he, <laughs> hey, Really? I would have got a tech, bro. I want. I really want to know. Did they in that situation? I want to know. Did they have a file to give? 
Did they have someone with the stick? I don't know. I don't know. We don't, that's, that's what but I you know. What we that's probably what I never know. know. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, no, we would never know. But I, that's that's the little detail stuff I want to know because we see in today's game when them kids got files to give, oh, they, they filing. Yeah. They filing. Yeah. You know, and that stuff usually turn crazy, around and crazy. help you yeah. in a good way. But back then, you, you, like you said, we would never know what was going on in that sequence. Everybody. Yep. Everybody was on, on tunnel vision in that sequence when Jordan had the ball. Yeah, I tunnel think, vision. I, I think I think it's like I think that's probably like a top five sequence storyline in sports history. Like due to the circumstances, mm-hmm. due to who who dog Jordan got the steal, got the turnover, turn around, walked it down the court, looked Byron Russell in the <laughs> eye, looked him in the eye, and pretty much dared him to do something. And Jordan said, "His game. I, I know his game." He's on his toes. He's going for anything I give him. And that's what he did. <laughs> Jordan acted like he was going to go left. He went right. And Byron Russell tripped over his feet. Like, this is an NBA player. <laughs> Byron Russell, you're in the NBA. <laughs> Byron Russell, you got embarrassed multiple times in the NBA Finals. Game one of the fifth ring, he barreled you down for the winner. Bro, I used to think Jordan, I used to think they used to... Like make up stuff for Jordan, cause I always seen this yeah. before. I'm like, so you telling me one of the greatest players of all time, Carl Malone? I mean, it's only 30 seconds left, but one of the greatest post players of all time got the ball cleanly stolen from him. Then Mike went down there hit the most iconic shot of him. As a kid, shit like that to me, I'm like, man, they, this shit fake, bro. Like, no way. <laughs> I swear, this documentary has changed so much for me, cause it's just like, oh, this was like real. This was game action. I can imagine a kid, if you didn't get to witness that 2016 final where you yeah. see the greatest shooting team of all time go four minutes with LeBron not, not scoring, and everybody in the audience is just like, bro, it's game seven. We at the Oracle. We thought we had this one. We, we finna lose to these niggas? No, I got chills right and now. And to see Kyrie pull up on this nigga, yeah. you, you, unless you was there, it's just hard it's to believe lie. that it's real. If bro. you didn't see it, it's, it's a lie. lie. It's a lie. <laughs> When my son get older and somebody tells him what happened, yeah. he's going to say that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to take the LeBron James documentary to come out. Which is going to happen. For him to sit down. For the block shot. For him to sit, yeah, for him to sit down. He's going to say a 73 and 19 yeah. with the greatest shooters of all time. Yeah. They didn't win the NBA championship. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to have to say, son, that happened. He's going to look at me and say, dad, you're lying. Yeah, yeah. And then the documentary's going to come out and he's going to be like Fred. <laughs> like he, It's going to be like, oh, this is real. So like, just, just I, I'm going to probably tonight, I'm probably going to go back and watch episode 10 tonight. That's one of my favorites up yeah. there. Yeah. Just because the whole episode was about that game. It was yeah. about in game one, six. Bro, they really didn't detail none of the other games. Yeah. They did that. Of that episode, series. They just kind of blew by. Yeah, they blew by game. They I think they I think they touched game one. They did a little shot, bit because of the shot. But game two, three, four, and five <laughs> didn't get yeah. touched at all. No, they yeah. went straight from game one to game seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was dope. It was dope. We can see and probably talk about that the rest of the show, man. But we got a few more things we want to touch on with this last dance. So I got a theory. I got a theory here. I want to know what y'all, how y'all feel about it. So, Bulls won six championships, and Mike comes out and says, yeah, if the opportunity would have been there, I would have loved to come back and went for a seventh championship. Don't know if we would have won, but I would have loved to try and see how it went. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, it was rolled out. Kraus said, this is it. Feels last year, the last dance. Mike came out and said, I ain't playing for nobody else. 
I'm out too. Pippen was on the last year. Curry, whole every Rodman, everybody was on their last leg. We viewed Jerry Krause as a villain throughout this entire documentary, but that changed for me last night in episode ten. Mm-hmm. The killer of the Chicago Bulls was not Jerry Krause. The killer of the Chicago Bulls was not Phil Jackson uh, uh, saying that you know this is it for me. I'm, I think this is it for me. The killer of the Chicago Bulls was Jerry Reinsdorf. The owner of the Chicago Bulls. Jordan had no <clears throat> type of relationship with this with the owner of the team. And I find that weird today thinking about it. If you look at all the owners in the league today with all the superstars, like the superstars of their team, they treat these guys like their son, like that's their son. Mm-hmm. The owner of the Warriors treats Steph Curry like he's his son. Like the owner of the Bucks probably treats Giannis like he's his kid. But Reinsdorf and Jordan had nothing. They gave Jordan footage of Reinsdorf allegedly offering Phil another chance at it. Michael had no idea yeah. that happened. Yeah, yeah that and, and, it, and it's crazy to see. That is nuts. And to see Mike's face, Mike was like, Mike seemed like he was like, that's the first time in that whole series Mike seemed like he was lost. He, he was, was like, shocked. He was, he was shocked. shocked. He was like, he, as he gave the tablet, like he was like, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike felt like that was something he was misinformed on until this day. He never knew, though. He never knew. Like, him hearing that was like something that blindsided him. He was like, I never knew that. And it was crazy to see him in that space with, about that. And, like, me and D was talking about, like, uh, what's his name? What's the owner's name? Reinsdorf. Reinsdorf. Like, bro, like, how don't you communicate that to, to the best player in the world? How don't you communicate that to him? About conversations that you had with the coach. Yeah, I, I saw I, I, I saw Skip Bayless this morning on first take get really mad at Phil Jackson. Like Phil Jackson was playing a role in this Bulls team being broken up. And I also have another theory that I'm going to lean into. And I'm not giving Michael Jordan no bail on this, bro, because I got a big theory about this. But I'm going to say Reinsdorf was the ultimate reason why this team didn't continue. Now, I'm just going to leave that there. Okay. And let me ask you a question, Black. Let's get with it real fast, my boy, because I'm not letting this slide. So, yeah, that was the last dance. <laughs> if I'm the best player in the world, the greatest basketball player that y'all telling me that I am, I got six titles. Six. The whole time through this documentary, I've been telling myself, every time I hear Jordan talk, I'm not playing for another coach but Phil Jackson. I'm not playing for another coach but Phil Jackson. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. That's like, okay, Mike got loyalty. But then I start thinking about that GOAT conversation. Then I start talking, thinking to myself, oh, he was in his prime still. At 35 years of age, he was the MVP of the league on the way out the door. Six championships out the door, but now you want to start telling us that you wanted to come back for another one. Pitt would have came back. Kerr, Rodman, everybody would have came back. If Phil Jackson would have looked Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. in the eye, and I'm the best player in the world, and I still want to hoop, and I want to get another chip. You know what I'm going to tell Phil? I'll see you down the road. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you down the road because I ain't done. Reinsdorf. I don't care who you're bringing here. <laughs> bringing Tim Floyd. Bringing whoever text winner. Bring whoever the hell you want to. Yeah. We want to go for another one. Yeah. But Jordan didn't do that. Mm-mm. So why don't all of his heralded 
his champion fans who call him the GOAT don't bring that into the conversation. That Michael Jordan didn't leave on his own terms. And I ain't cool with that. You didn't leave on your own terms, Mike. You didn't. You didn't. You left because you was pissy about your coach. So you know that also led me to believe, Black, how how important was Phil? Mm. How important was he to Michael Jordan for him to say that without Phil Jackson, I ain't playing? People want to say it was loyalty. Man, get the hell out of here. Michael Jordan was making $40 million a year. Ain't no loyalty in that. (laughs) One year, 40 mil. Three straight seasons. Get out of here with that for loyalty. (laughs) You don't think Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman would have came right back? Yeah, they would have came back with Tim Floyd as the head coach. And that's that's coming from a guy who didn't even want Phil Phil, Phil Jackson to be the head coach. He didn't want Phil to be the head coach. (laughs) I ain't going to continue. I'm going to leave that right there because next week it gets real on the sports desk. <laughs> we want to talk about the GOAT. <laughs> Y'all ready for that conversation? Woo! Now, we dibble and Woo! dabble here on the sports desk. <laughs> we dibble and we dabble here on the sports desk. But next week, oh. we're going to get it popping. We're going to have a lot of opinions next week when we talk about this sports desk. When we talk about the GOAT. We're going to talk about it. Okay, thank you, Fred. Oh, but I had a... Are we, that's it for the last. Yeah, that, yeah. So we go. We you can kick us off, man, with the overall, the overall thoughts and opinions of just the entire documentary of oh, the okay. Last Dance. Just every everything. Okay, with well, the entire documentary. Yeah, just fix that way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, uh, uh, overall, and like I got a question for you boys. Y'all about to say, you said, yeah, that'd be perfect, especially for this shit I, I want to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um. Uh, just overall, um, I have way more respect uh, for Michael Jordan. And this whole time, I've been waiting to, because y'all don't know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to give you hell. But me giving you hell, even with Kobe, like, it's only me saying, like, I know you great. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know I'm just going at it with your fans. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just, you've shown me too many times that you're great. And, of course, I'm going to say some blasphemous shit, but I need to see you know what I'm saying? And that's why I said I went back and watched a lot of them, that Pacers series. Um, with, and I really gained a lot of respect. Like, oh, these niggas wasn't lying. Like, he just wasn't a sidekick. Like, he really doing it. And when I went back and seen all of this Jordan stuff, it just showed me, like, oh, he wasn't a god. He had to go fight for what he wanted. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the reason I respect Braun so much. You know what I'm saying? Braun literally has to go fight for everything he wants. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, in hindsight, Kobe, like, niggas had to fight for everything they want. And what's the one slight I give KD? Never had to fight in the world for a championship. KD came off two finals MVPs. They came back that next year and said LeBron was the best player in the league. And do you know how bad it hurt that boy? I mean, two finals MVPs back to back. Mm-hmm. Two championships back to back. I think we need a league MVP. I mean, look at all the accomplishments he had in them two years. Yep. And 2K still came back. In 2018, it said LeBron James is the best overall player in the NBA. ESPN came out with their rankings. LeBron James is still the best player in the National Basketball Association after all of that. So watching this whole documentary, I gained a lot of respect for Jordan's struggles. You know what I'm saying? Like, And to think, this 90s team built the culture. Like it built, um, it built black culture, it built street culture, and yeah. to think this 
thing that was so powerful was being held together by duct tape and paper clips wow. because niggas ain't fuck wow, with the point. owner and yeah. the owner was using Jerry Krause as a crutch. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Just to like for him to take all the blame. You have the best GM of all time. Yep. Arguably the best player of all time. Yep. Um, arguably two of the best player of all time. Y'all need to put respect on Scotty Pippen name after this documentary. Yep. You know, for a nigga to be the best player in the league with Jordan left, that means he's one of the best players of all time. Yep. We'll leave that right there. Yep. Um, you know, Rodman, Kurt, just, I don't know. Like, I have way more respect for the struggles and the journey of Jordan. Seeing in 98 when he had no business beating them Pacers. With young Reggie Miller, young Jalen, them boys was coming. They was, and he yeah. still got it done. Yep. To see the best pick and roll you ever seen in your life with yes. Stockman and Malone. Yes. Still got it done. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just getting it done. Tired than a motherfucker. No, he didn't let him get the game sevens. I hate that people act like that's. I don't give a fuck about that either. You know what I'm saying? Like he either. never let it get. Who gives a fuck? If he would have let it get the game, he would have won them. Okay, yeah. Give him that. Like, I don't. Okay. This doesn't need to be a combo. He never got to game seven. Yeah. Just suck my dick. <laughs> but um, I, like I said, overall, man, I have way more respect. You know, for the black cat, I, I get to see him as a person. I see why old niggas are just in love with Michael yeah, Jordan. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like in love with Michael Jordan. I'm watching. And I'm like, how could you not be in love with this guy? If you in your prime, like watching this, the only Facts. way you're not in love with this guy was either you was too young when he was coming up, or Facts. or maybe it's an allegiance to like Kobe. Because I do notice that with some like Kobe fans, like, and I love that shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm we're gonna finna speak on that in a second. Yeah. But overall, uh, with the Bulls thing, I, I gained a lot of respect for Jordan. And, and Phil Jackson, to see how he let Dennis Rodman go be him, man. This is the perfect team, man. This shit was perfect, bro. They weren't even strict. That's what people think. Like, for people, for, for Jordan to be such a, like, no-nonsense-ass nigga, there was no rules for this team. No. Not one. Just be ready to go. This man showed up with Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan in the middle of the NBA Finals going up against, going for the most important ring of all time. The 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 the, three, oh. the cap out for three feet is made to slam. It is on Monday Night Nitro during the finals. It's two to two, tied up going into Game Five, and Dennis Rodman pulls a no show, and then you turn on TNT, and he's coming out the curtain with Bischoff and Hogan. In full-length NWO gear? <laughs> Didn't tell Phil, Reinsdorf, Kraus, my, no. And the thing was, nobody tripped. Phil was nobody. just like, we just don't know where he at. Yeah. Hey, but you want to know what? I believe Phil knew where he was at. I believe Phil knew. But Phil wasn't finna say high. nothing. But Phil, Phil was hot. He Phil was. High, yeah. But it was crazy in that whole sequence. They even brought Karma Electric Bike. Karma Electric Electra back. And she even said, Dennis took a detour. <laughs> Dennis just took a detour in the middle of the series. I wish they would have asked Mike. I, I wish they would have asked Mike. They ain't asked Mike. Yeah. I wish they would have asked Mike. I would have I loved to hear what he had to say. Yeah, but they showed Mike in, in the huddle when he wasn't at practice. Yeah, Mike was Rob like, well, he was being Rob Zilla. Right, right. Rob Zilla. Rob. Like, dang, what, like, what's going on, man? Like, and that's so funny to hear bro, him say like, that, bro. But yeah. the dude. Right. You don't know how then, wonderful that that's is why, That's That's why I respect Dennis Rodman that much more through this series because no matter what he did. Yeah. He was ready to rock and roll when it was time to. Dog. He was ready to rock and roll. Like I can Bro, live with. I can, the night after nitro. The night after nitro. 
with the game on the line? Yeah. Dennis Rodman hits two all net free throws? Are you kidding? Come on, man. You can't you can't make this up, yeah. bro. If if you ain't gained no respect for Dennis Rodman through this uh, documentary, I don't know what to say about y'all. Y'all don't know basketball. Y'all just I don't know what to say because the things this guy did and feel like, and I and this is why I love Phil. Phil gave him the space to do what he wanted to do. do Dennis know he needed to wind down and get away. He he Dennis Rodman knew what was gonna keep him sane yep. and stop him from going crazy. Yeah. You know, so I'm pretty sure being in the locker room with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, some of the biggest egos you can be around, that shit will weigh on your mind. Yeah. So Dennis know he had to get away. He yeah. knew that. And then when the guy came, when he came back, it wasn't shit to be said when he came back. At it all. wasn't nothing negative to be said when he came At back. Because you know why? Because he did what he was supposed to do. Ready to roll. He went out there and did his job right. to the best. Ready to roll. Right. I think for me overall, man, I learned so much with this documentary. Just so, so, so much. And, you know, some of the highlight points for me, of course, I'm a shoe guy. I hate the term sneakerhead. I just love shoes. But... You know, I just love the story of the sh- how they came about. The deal with Nike versus where well, he wanted to go to Adidas, a formula for the Air Jordan 1, and how Jordan spoke on the sneakers and how he knew they was a big deal and a big part of the story. That was a big deal for me, man. But I'm going to go along with Fred, man. I was fortunate enough to be able to catch the Michael Jordan train right around the third championship. That's where I start remembering a lot about it. So I remember rings four, five, and six. I remember ring number three. I was very vague on ring number one and ring number two. You know what I'm saying? But from ring three on, I, I was pretty much in the mix, but I also learned a lot. But the struggle is, is true. And the one thing that I hate when we talk about the GOAT debate, whether LeBron is your GOAT or Kobe is your GOAT or Jordan is your GOAT, whoever, Bill Russell, Chamberlain, whoever, bro, the one thing that perturbs me about this whole thing is people never taught the struggle of Michael Jordan. And you want to know what? I understand. You want to know why I understand? Because of his global impact. Yeah. People didn't feel it was necessary to talk about what he went through. Yeah. People didn't feel like it was necessary for us to even know what it was about. Yeah. But this yeah. documentary really came full circle for the, leg- the legacy and the legend of Michael Jordan. Yeah. So now the GOAT conversation will become much harder now. Yeah. Like Jordan has more ammunition on the GOAT conversation. <laughs> right. So when I line up against somebody who's with Jordan and I'm rolling with LeBron, I know what I'm in for. Yeah. I'm yeah. finna go to war with someone yeah, right. to try to even get them to even think that LeBron James is somewhat of some type of GOAT. Yeah. Because what we just seen, and I would never disrespect Jordan. I think he's the second greatest player of all time. Mm-hmm. But hold on a minute. I am appreciative of everything that I've seen. Mm-hmm. This is a staple in my life. Every other day that you probably see me, I got the Jumpman logo on my foot. <laughs> so I understand what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just so thrilled that I was able to see and hear the story, not only through Michael's words, but Phil, Scotty, Rodman, Ku Coach, Mike Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas. I'm just so grateful that I was able to get it all because there's so many storylines of our great athletes that we don't know. We don't know much about Deion Sanders. We don't know much about uh, 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 Shaquille O'Neal. We know Shaquille is likable and favorable, but we don't know the story. We got a 30-30 on him in in Magic when it was in Orlando, but we don't got the story. We don't know the story about Hulk Hogan. We don't know the story about The Rock. We don't know. You know what I'm saying? If we was able to get this in-depth look at this whole thing, man, that took its course over 15 years. 
15 years, man, and I am one, one who is going to rock with this information for life. I'm going to watch this stuff for the rest of my days, this 10-part series of The Last Dance. I mean, because how can you not want to go back and indulge in it? You know what I'm saying? So overall, I just, for me, I just, one word, I'm just thankful. I'm just thankful for the information. Yeah. I'm just thankful for you. So where you at, black man, on the whole documentary, man? Yeah, man. Um, Overall, man. I have to agree with you, D. I'm just, I'm, I'm just truly thankful for information. Um, yeah. Not even, even information, like I said earlier, even information that gets overlooked. Yeah. You know, you have to when you're watching a series and a documentary like this, you have to pay attention to every detail. Yep. And I can say through this, I paid attention to almost every little small detail, uh-huh. and I put it. I put it in the back of my mind. I'm going, always going to have it. Always going to remember it. Oh, and it will be coming up. But at the same time, man, like like you said, seeing Michael struggle, his upcoming, his 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 life, what he had to things he had to endure. Yeah. You know the way he came up with his brothers, the where his competitive nature came from, and every with his brothers, how 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 that grew. You know, and just seeing him from North Carolina grow into the phenom of Michael Jordan. Like, you know, we, we didn't know coming from North Carolina, he was going to be what he was. We didn't know that. <laughs> but, uh, man, the whole overall in its entirety, the series was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't wait till they, I know they, this is going to, we're going to be able to see this all the time because I'm pretty sure once they get it off ESPN, it's going, they're going to put it on Netflix because this was produced by Netflix. Netflix had some play in this too. Yep. So it's going to be on Netflix. You're always going to be able to watch this. So, and this is something you can always watch. You never get tired of watching this 10 part series. You'll never get tired of watching this. Shoot, I'm going to go it's home history. and I'm going to go home and watch the last two episodes again when we get done here. Yeah. So, man, this is just it's, history, it's just amazing, man. man. It's history. You know, I've gained respect for for Michael Jordan too more. Over this series, you know, and him being the player that he is, he may not be my favorite player, but the respect is due to him for everything that he went oh, yeah, through. 100. And um, I'm thankful, man, just like the Steve Kerr story. Most importantly to me in this series, the Dennis Rodman story. Mm-hmm. We didn't even get this tad bit on his documentary that they put in here about Dennis Rodman, but I'm happy that we got that because I look I look at I was one of the ones coming up, oh I hate Dennis Rodman. He's an ass. He don't care about No, I had to change after seeing this, my whole mind was changed about Dennis Rodman. Yeah. I see this man in a totally different light. Just a guy who like to have fun, do what he do. You know, he know how his life needs to be for him to do the things he does best. Yeah, so <laughs> I appreciate everything about this series, man, from yeah. every Every back, I mean, every backstory or how everything went, every relationship, yeah. every every uh, triumph, every fall, I appreciate it all. Yes, sir. All right, friend. So you say you had something for us, man. Oh, uh, well, yeah. And I wanted to, you know what I'm saying, lead this. I know we ain't got much time, so I right. just want to introduce this conversation. Okay, cool. And I kind of want to hear y'all um, speak on it next okay. week with the GOAT conversation. So I've been thinking a lot about the best team of all time. Because when we was talking about that... um. Today and it got heated. We was talking. Brian has been texting me and sending me uh, messages on uh, Instagram. To the nigga call me, bro. And I'm like, nah, bro, nah, bro. You finna eat this night. <laughs> but it was between the 2017 Warriors and the um, '96 Bulls. And here's my argument for the best team of all time. I'm the best team of all time. Mm-hmm. I feel like this team that I'm about to name. Mm-hmm. I know who it is. Won't lose to anybody. I know who it is. 
the 2001 mm-hmm. Los, Los Angeles, Angeles Lakers. Lakers. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I want to point out a couple things. Mm-hmm. Smooth will be here, right? Yeah, he will. Okay, I'm going to point out a couple things. If if Jordan is a 99 overall player, mm-hmm. we can say that Kobe is a 98 overall player. Mm-hmm. You can whatever whatever mystique, even if you want to say range, okay, six range, five, cool. Okay. But we all know Kobe was on the same. He averaged 30 points mm-hmm. in that finals. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm, this is not a second tier. So let's stop that. <clears throat> so <clears throat> imagine mm-hmm. if Shaq played. With Michael Jordan. Sure. It would have been the same exact thing as we've seen Facts. with Kobe and Shaq. Facts. The same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't look at it like that for some reason. Mm-hmm. But I do. <laughs> I look at that 2001 team that lost one game during that whole playoff. <laughs> one game during that whole playoff series run. Mm-hmm. And for the life of me, I can't figure out the team that's going to beat that team in seven games. Mm-hmm. Not I can't do it mm-hmm. because I was looking at the '96 Bulls. I, I went through the stats. Like I, I went deep. You know what I'm saying? I went and looked at everybody's stats. Mm-hmm. Blah blah blah. This is how that Lakers team was looking. You had Shaq who averaged 30 that uh, year. Yep. You had Kobe who was averaging 30. Yep. Not that year, but this series. Yep. 30 that series. Yep. You had D. Fish who gave you 13. Yep. Rick Fox was giving you 10. Yep. You had Horace Grant giving you six. Robert Ory giving you five. Brian Shaw even giving you four. Then you had Jerron Hoppers. You can still see some of them uh, old bulls, you know what I'm saying, hanging around that team. You know what I mean? And um, and I go to this um Michael seat, the 96 team. Michael was 32 years old, and we know he uh averaged. During that, you wouldn't even think he only averaged 27 points yeah. during that finals. He was down. But then you had Scottie Pippen, who had 15 mm-hmm. during that finals. Uh-huh. Um, let me see who else was on there. You had Tony Kukoc, Luke Lonely, and Rodman was after that yeah. for the uh, leading scores. For some reason, by far, yeah. I just think no team would be able to beat the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. Not only with the second coming of Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. but the most dominant player ever. Of all time ever. and it ain't close ever when you give me whoever number two is a dominant player of all time it ain't close ever Shaquille O fucking Neal ever now if you want to break the rest of the team down we can do that but I really want to hear people like I, I really want to start getting into those conversations of like okay we could talk about it Who I want to see that 2016 Cavs team I think that's a better matchup against the 96 Bulls than the Warriors I don't think the Warriors got the heart to go against that team. Mm. I don't think they... You seen the previous year, Draymond went crying in the parking lot because mm-hmm. them boys lost three straight. Yeah. You've never seen Kyrie talk shit on the basketball court. Mm-mm. Brian ain't really getting his... He got into it that series a he little did. bit. He did. But can you imagine Michael Jeffrey Jordan uh-huh. not there? Dog, I mean, dog get Steph Curry, making him feel like every single chance he get... Do you think Scotty? Oh, Clay Top. Scotty can hold his own against Clay Top. Scotty Pippen was considered the best player in the NBA for two years. Give me your top ten when you see Clay Thompson skinning in the top ten. Let's stop it. We gotta stop this shit. Niggas get a jump shot and we act like niggas can't be beat. Oh my lord. We would. Nigga, don't. You don't. Draymond Green. In that 2016, he had like 30 points in that game seven. Mm-hmm. You don't have. Dennis Rodman is a concern with scoring the ball. 
Nope. Draymond Green on both ends of the floor. We don't have to worry about him doing anything to anybody. He's done. So you can get him out of here. You understand me? Like, and I and I just look at it and I'm like, now nah, you will have you. I don't. Kerr can have his way with uh, a Steve Kerr. You know what I'm saying? You have sure, your matchup sure, to where sure, they will have it. Sure. But I don't see that 2000. I don't see that Warriors team beating that Bulls team. And I see nobody beating that 2001 Lakers team that Gangsta, lost one yes. game to AI who dropped 48 points and just stepped over Tyron Lue. If Allah <laughs> scored 100 points against the Lakers in triple overtime and only won by one. And beat the, that's the Lakers' only loss. They lost by one point. Them boys went 15 Classic. and one and got the chip. So obviously had to score a thousand points in five quarters to get a win. And God forbid it was Tyron Lue, the fourth string point guard in the game at the time. For whatever reason, Kobe won on Iverson late. I don't know why. But we all know what happened when Kobe got on Iverson in game two. Don't we? Don't we know? So don't get me going. But yes, Fred, you are accurate, sir, in your uh, description of one of the greatest teams of all time. If not the best, is the 2001 Los Angeles Lakers. That is accurate. And here at the Sports Desk, we will be cranking it up around (laughs) here. We're talking GOATs. We're talking greatest teams. Because let me tell you something. We gave Michael Jordan all his flowers and all his love here in the last four weeks. Every drip of love that we can give Mike. Yeah. We've given him. But guess what it's time to do now, Black? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to get with it. Yeah. It's time to circle the wagons. And 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 and, and I could speak and I could speak for me and you personally. We've been holding our tongue for so long. For the whole month. Yeah. We've been respectful <laughs> for the whole month. Respectful. We've been really respectful. Yeah, man. Well, we could have caused a lot of problems out we here. We all have to have been broke loose <laughs> on the sports desk. But me and Black been real cool now. And a lot of y'all been trying me, though. And I'm telling you right now, next week, we talking goats, baby. We talking the greatest player of all time. We talking the best team of all time. We throwing it out there. So don't come in here. Don't come in here with your word of mouth stats. You better come in here with your homework. You better come in here with your with your facts. You better get your Wikipedia on. You better get your Google on. Yeah. You better get your sports references on. You better get everything you need on. You better you better get ready. You better have you better have your screenshots ready. You better all that. Have all that ready. Because here in the sports says we got it. We got it going, man. We have it going. So I appreciate you, Fred, for putting gas in our car, sir. Yeah, appreciate yeah. that, bro. Yeah. Because you're right, sir. You you preached in here, and we're going to get it going, man. We're going to talk 2017 Warriors. Yeah. We're going to talk them 2001 Lakers, the 96 Bulls. We're even going to talk 2016 Cavs. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about these great teams. We really, 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 really are. So I hope y'all ready. So I hope y'all buckle up. Hope y'all good to go, man, because it's going to get real here on the sports desk. Now, we get ready to get, we're getting ready to get out of here. But Black and Fred, I want to run through y'all one last time. You have any final thoughts, any last remarks or regards to uh, the last dance uh, before we get out of here? Yeah, man, just respect to everyone that played a part. In this ten part documentary, man, from from the producers, from from everything, man, everything was great about this series, man. Um, 
you put a put a lot of a lot of stuff out there that 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 I didn't know that people didn't know, and it was mm-hmm. great to watch. Uh, and I will forever be grateful of this news that we got from this ten part documentary, The Last Dance. Facts, facts. Fred, got any last remarks, man? I, I, I don't have any. I, I enjoyed everything. I'm sitting back here laughing at this meme. Shannon Shaw told me why didn't enjoy it, make everybody better in Washington. Get Shannon's chop going home. Hey, he was two years. <laughs> That's two years of Michael Jordan career, y'all. Everybody want to say, oh, Mike played 15 years. No, he played 17. <laughs> he played two full seasons with the Wizards in the lowly Eastern Conference where he did not make the playoffs. He came back at year 37 at the back end of his prime. The Wizards had talent on their team to at least be the eighth seed, and they didn't. Do it, D. Don't do it, bro. Hold hold on to it, all okay? Right, right, what we said, bro. My bad, bro. Okay. My bad, my all bad, right, my bad, please. my bad, my bad. Okay, so yeah, uh, I, I share Black's regards uh, and Fred's. You're about the last dance. Just beautiful, beautiful content. Something we could talk about forever. Um, we it, <laughs> the people around the world, we haven't even been able to dissect the documentary. Everything we saw was on the fly, so we had to take it in bit by bit. So this conversation, this documentary is going to go on probably for the rest of our lives. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, the information was just that valuable. All right, man. So we're going to get into some other news, and uh, we're going to get out of here. All right, man. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about a few things before we get out of here. So Black... We had a lot of interesting things take place this week, Black, and I want to get your word on this here. There's some rumblings out here, Black. There's a part three in the making of a fight uh, that could be booked and could be put on television sometime this summer. And Black, do you have any idea who I'm talking about? Well, just in case you don't, I'm talking about Mike Tyson and Evander Holyfield possibly doing it a third time. Now, Black, our boxing connoisseur, talk to me about what you think about this, Black. Uh... Exactly. I don't know. I don't know what to think about this, but I will watch. I'm not gonna lie. I'm going to watch. You know, uh, I see they had something going on with Matt Body being over in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. You yeah. know, but uh, Mike's yeah. looking good, so I would like to see how Mike would do in a, a 12 round fight. Yeah. I don't know too much about Evander Holyfield. He doesn't but, look good at uh, all. So go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm not intrigued, but I'll watch. Okay, cool. I think it'll be absolutely hilarious and comical. Uh, it'll be something to do on a Saturday night. That's how I'll look at it, okay? All right, moving down along. We had UFC fight night here in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, the UFC had their third fight this past Saturday in 10 days here in Jacksonville. It was a pretty good card, man, but I just want to touch on uh, one fight in particular. You had Walt Harris come back, man, from the tragedy uh, with his daughter being uh, sadly murdered uh, just a few months ago. He made his return back to the UFC. And was game against the legendary Alistair Overeem. I just want to tip my hat off uh, to uh, Walt Harris and his family. It takes a lot of guts to get back in there. I can only imagine the loss of a child. And he was able to do that, man. So shout out uh, Walt Harris and his return to the UFC. All right, some other UFC news. Khabib and Nagamanoff and Justin Gaethje are telling Conor McGregor this ain't none of your business. Gaethje and Khabib are set to take uh, to fight this September at the Fight Island, wherever that may be, for the UFC. Conor McGregor may be potentially in negotiations for a third fight with Nathan Diaz uh, this summer. So that's what it looks like we're going to get with McGregor and Diaz and Gaethje and Khabib this summer. Also, Black, John Jones is kind of, you know, I guess he's feeling a little good, you know? Called out Francis Ngannou, the monster who is killing people legally. 
in the cage at heavyweight. Jones and Ngannou, you think that happens this year, Black? I would love to see it. Well, Black, it ain't going to happen. <laughs> John Jones, he talking a good game, but I don't think he really, really going to sign his name on that paper. Francis Ngannou has literally killed men in the cage and I don't think John what Jones if he will does be on sign that paper. If he does, he's down in less than three minutes. <laughs> John Jones' head will be knocked off if he faced Francis Ngannou. That's the most powerful man I've ever seen in my life. All right, so we'll keep our eyes close to that. All right, ESPN released their new top 74 players in NBA history. Now, we're going to dive into that at the sports desk. Their number one player was Michael Jordan. Their number two player was LeBron Raymond James. All right, so we're going to get into that. And really talk about it um, and break down that list uh, probably next week on the Sports Desk. All right, a little bit more. Shout out to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. They are expecting their first child. Becky Lynch is a mommy-to-be. She relinquished the Raw Women's Championship last Monday night on Raw, crowning Oscar as the new WWE Raw Women's Champion. She won the Money in the Bank match the night before. So congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. Becky will surely be missed. And uh, good luck to you guys uh, with the first, uh, with your first child. All right. Moving along, WWE has stripped the super, super trash Sami Zayn. Uh, he shouldn't have been the inter- he shouldn't have been the Intercontinental Champion anyway. So Sami Zayn is not the champion, and there's a tournament taking place uh, to crown a new Intercontinental Champion. All right, man. So sports look like they're moving again. The NBA and the NFL have reopened facilities this week. Players can come in and start training and getting ready. So it's just a matter of time before we get the announcements of the NBA resuming. And it looks like the NFL will start on time. My question is for college football, what are we going to get with that? We have heard nothing from the NCAA uh, for college football, so we have to keep our eyes close to that. And last but not least, The Undertaker, the dead man, has signed a 15-year extension to stay with the WWE. Now hold on, listeners. No, The Undertaker won't be wrestling for the next 15 years. Rumor is he's going to do one more match, and then he's going to resume to a front office role. He's going to get in creative, man. So, The Undertaker, lifer in the WWE, all right? And uh, just on another note before we get out of here, the Attitude Era in the WWE is 20 years. 20 years this year for the Attitude Era. The Sports Desk is going to do a special edition. A special edition dedicated to nothing but the Attitude Era. Stone Cold, The Rock. Uh, uh, Degeneration X, Nation of Domination, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, Kane, this uh, uh, McMahon, Mr. McMahon, Shane McMahon, uh, The Godfather, The Whole Train. We're going to talk about it all on a special edition uh, dedicated only to the greatest era in wrestling history, the Attitude Era. All right, man, so that's pretty much all we got today. We're getting ready to get out of here, man. So special, special uh, shout out to our man, our guy, Freddie Bricks, for joining us, man. Fred, man, it was good yes, to sir. have you, man. Yes, sir. Great to be here, man. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. All right. So um, thank you for all the support. We, we love our listeners. Thank y'all for listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, and uh, uh, iTunes, man. Thank y'all for chit-chatting with us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, shout out to Chief Rocker for all the help. Uh, that he's been giving the sports this man, we really, really appreciate it. Shout out to the NPN Network as well, and y'all cover, every, y'all go look at and, and and listen to and watch everything Reduce Lunch. Y'all can check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Reduce Lunch hand, handle. New episodes every week, so we rocking here at Reduce Lunch, man. Trying to give you that premium content. Black, you got anything before we get out? Yeah, man. One last thing. Um, I don't know if everyone's been paying attention to ESPN on Wednesday. They've been showing. 
uh, Hardwood Classics from the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I seen on yesterday that they will be re-showing Game 6 in like today's type of form, right. uh, Utah versus the Bulls. So yep. that's going to take place on tomorrow night uh, on ESPN. On, yeah, on Wednesday night. Yes, sir. That's going to be going down. So I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with that. Appreciate that, Black. Um, so, yeah, you can catch me at Dedrick Hicks Jr., one of your favorite sportsologists on Twitter and Instagram, Black. Where can they find you? Yeah, they can hit me. They can catch me at Black ENL3 on Instagram and Twitter, man. Y'all hit me up. And Fred, where can they get you, man? Uh, Freddie Bricks. Very well. Uh, Twitter's your Instagrams, Freddie Bricks, and follow Reduce Lunch, Reduce Lunch Sports on Instagram. Yes, sir. And next week is gonna get real. Episode fifty nine is gonna be a good one, man. We're gonna be <laughs> we're gonna be calling on the phones. We got live studio guests in 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 the studio. Um, the GOAT conversation, you know, that's that's all we're talking about. I mean, unless we get some really, really breaking news that's going to force us out of that, that's what you're getting next week. Me and Black, <laughs> me and Black being respectful, we've been real respectful for the entire month of May, but next week, we're going to get back to business here at the Sports Desk. So y'all be easy, y'all take care of yourselves, stay safe out there, man, and uh, once again, you know, we appreciate all the support and all the love. Gangsta, gangsta! Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Sports show. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James.